Greetings, fellow Beyonders. John here, coming in off the top with a few things. One, huge thank you to all of our listeners. We truly can't understate how much it means to us not only to be doing this podcast and getting the opportunity to BS with one another about all of the things that we love and adore, but to know some of you crazy people out there are actually listening. We are sincerely grateful for that. Two, as many of you know, we normally release our episode on Sunday evenings. This past Sunday was Father's Day and I had a lot going on, so we were unable to get the episode edited in time for our normal release. If anything sounds a little bit wonky this week, just know it was because we wanted to get it out in a timely fashion. And number three, and most importantly, on behalf of Kira, Travis, and I here at the Beyond Infinity Podcast. Happy Daddy Day to all you special daddies out there. You know we love our daddies here at Beyond Infinity. Thanks for loving us back. So enjoy the show, daddies. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Skrull of all ages, welcome to the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my fellow co-host and sloth baby, Travis to break down this second episode of the newest Marvel Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel Crushing. Episode 2 slows the pace down a bit so we can discover more about Camilla Khan, her friends, and her mysterious family history as we begin unraveling the mysteries behind her powers. No longer appearing to be rooted in human's lore, this week we found out that her great-grandmother's bangles awakened a power that has always been lying dormant inside of Kamala. She struggles to unwrap both the nature of it and its role in her family escaping the violence of partition because her mother obviously has very negative feelings about her grandmother and what happened during that tumultuous time. Now, Travis, I've noticed that phase four of the MCU is rather heavy on the old bangle bracelet cuff mythology stuff, and I'm more convinced than ever that there's something to this. So do you think that all of this ten ring bangle MacGuffin in the room nonsense is in some way culminating into otherworldly cosmic Cree scroll shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possible. Like, uh, especially uh, with Captain Marvel being one of the heroes at the end of showing she, uh, she obviously has a link to the Cree, so it would be makes sense to lay that groundwork. And then Miss Marvel and uh, Captain Marvel are going to be adventuring together in some capacity. So, yeah, yeah, it's certainly reasonable to suspect. I 
really do like how because we especially you i'm gonna throw you under the bus here you were extremely concerned about the miss marvel power change here and it being changed from its inhuman nature Mm -hmm. and out of the inhuman lore um I am mostly upset because we don't get any adorable dog monster. Well, that was like part of my complaint is that you get rid of the inhuman link and you don't have a giant bulldog that teleports in your show anymore. Adorable bulldog that they could have sold lots of toys for. Yes, yes. They're missing out on a gold mine uh, by losing the lockjaw in the room here. But... I have been kind of appreciating, and I didn't know how they were going to do it. I figured it would somehow tie in. Um, The Inhumans in general are, you know, they are genetically modified people because the Kree get down so hard with genetic tampering. That is a huge part of Marvel lore and like the genesis of the world that is the Marvel 616 comic book universe is ancient aliens came down. Bucked around with yeah, a bunch of monkeys. It's the Celestials or the Kree. It, it's just, yeah, yeah. That's how we got our mutants and our inhumans and all that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's all kind of rooted in, in ancient alien uh, nonsense, mm-hmm. um, including the inhumans. And again, like Captain Marvel is so tied to the Cree, you know, the, the first person or being to have the mantle of Captain Marvel being the titular Captain Marvel was a Cree warrior himself. And in the films, they, they made it, um, wasn't it Annette Benning? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. It was. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Annette Benning was, was a Cree person. Um, are you saying she wasn't a captain? <laughs> I, I think her title was technically captain. She was in the Air Force, right? She she was a captain. Yeah, 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 she was. She was. Uh, uh but but again, like um the tying this somehow into what I'm I'm going to go on a limb and, and I'll get into my theory on it later, uh Cree genetic tampering and the Bengals not having the power, but the Bengals being the um the thing that activates this power within people of a certain family mm-hmm. uh, ancestry, much like the Terrigen Mist does in the comic books to the yes. Inhumans. Um, it's not that much of a change other than, um, you know, it doesn't happen to just everybody. It has to be, you know, or as many people rather, you know what yeah. I mean? And and it's like, you have to put something on rather than like accidentally inhaling some like, mystery guest and then go in a cocoon and And you hatch yeah yeah yeah, you hatch and then maybe you have cool powers then maybe you're just a giant door that they used to teleport and you're like as hell (laughs) or like a giant uh um goat man who like causes earthquakes right yeah 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 yeah. uh not Triton, fight. I can't think of his name. Gar- yeah, it's, Gorgon. It's not Gorgon. Gorgon. Yes, I yeah, was yeah. gonna say Goro, but it yeah. Is- <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, they missed out on not casting like a, a Gerard Butler as a Gorgon. <laughs> yeah, I can see him as, as Gorgon for yes. sure. Yes, is it Gor- Gorgon or Gorgon? I'm, I'm, I, I Gorgon, was I think, is probably right. And, well, <laughs> I just the fucking Medusa and her yes. siblings or whatever, huh? 
um there's a karate guy right what, what are the <laughs> yeah yeah karnak karnak Kardak, yes yeah 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 he can spot the weak point of anything and sounds deadly kung fu on it <laughs> yes he's an egg-headed kung fu man with a yeah. uh with a fu manchu um i'm really believe- clear on if his head is actually misshapen or if it's just a stupid hat you say stupid hat i say super cool helmet <laughs> the inhumans designs are mostly not great there's a few that look cool but i'm talking about triton and medusa looks sick dude. yeah 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 i'll give you that like a jack kirby medusa like give me that any day i think black bolt looks super cool with his little wings yeah yeah i'm talking about gorgon and karnak <laughs> Those guys don't look cool at all to me. Uh, yeah. No, they look like something that Jack Kirby just like shit out one day. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love the Inhumans, or I I loved the Inhumans until like Marvel tried to make them a thing back in like 2014, 2015, and unfortunately, I kind of was just. God, why are the Inhumans so fucking everywhere? And, and they're doing it to the Eternals now. Like we were joking. Before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we went we went before we went on the podcast. There's this well, it's not new... the exact same thing because they didn't like cancel the Xbox to make Eternals. They're just including them for reasons. The book never really sold well, but it's yeah. a property that we're trying to get people to care about. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be so like again, like I kind of started this off the bat with. Uh, you know, I I'm theorizing that this is all Cree based and mm-hmm. maybe not so far from the the inhuman nature, even though we're not going to be using the word inhuman of of uh, Kamala Khan's um, comic book origins. But I'm going to be bummed if this all ends up being eternal celestial nonsense <laughs> and these ten rings are eternal celestial nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you want it to be Cree uh, in humans nonsense. <laughs> I want it to be Kree scroll nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. What about clandestine nonsense? Uh, I don't know much about clandestine. No one does. That's why they. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like a five issue miniseries or something. I made it like an issue and a half, and that was enough of that. Even as research, I'm kind of good for the show. When did this clandestine? Is her name okay? Which is funny because that was um, that was a period where I was kind of eating up uh, dumb crossover gimmick events. You know that was the uh, that was the time of uh, Blaze and the Spirits of Vengeance. (laughs) Where I was, was. was. yeah, huge fan. Uh, Henry Martinez, uh, friend of the podcast, Uh, (laughs) drew for that series. I'm a big, huge fan of that guy, Uh, Long Island native. where I kind of ate up those those dummy events. Uh, so I'm surprised I've never heard of Clandestine. Why do you think she's so tied into this this that's series? A, that's the rumor going around. Yeah, because they're Jin, and they've mentioned Jin a few times in the uh, series so far, and <sighs> making it more of a cultural thing. Uh, like it's that's the genie in the bottle. The, the genie in the bangle oh, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah what if it's a bangladesh genie who's going after them for the horrible atrocities that see, pakistan see, pulled on on if i was writing the show i would never do 
that because it would just I would assume that would be racist. <laughs> you can't just make them genies or whatever. That's fucking weird. This I mean, just I mean, we're kind of like dancing around the bush with how this show, you know, does so much to <clears throat> it's doing such a good job guiding the audience towards these characters, Islamic culture. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and this episode did a a really good job with it by introducing the character of Nakia much more than they did last week. And I think kind of having last week be more the introduction to Bruno, mm -hmm. but then this week kind of rolling out her ensemble cast. Um, oh, yeah. They introduced us to Miguel, the very... Uh... The very important to Miguel character. The guy with the blue headphones? I, I don't remember what he was wearing. I, I just know that he's in a scene at one point, and it's like he's been there the whole time, the way he talks. And the guy at the party. He, yeah, the guy at the party. I don't fucking idea who he is. Uh, <laughs> don't know him from the comics. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea who that guy was either, and he was just there at the party. Like, he was one of the gang, and I'm like, what is this guy? Like, who, yeah. where did this guy come from? But again, like smart move with episode one to focus on Bruno and not to overwhelm the audience with this surrounding cast. Smart move introducing Nakia in the episode, which we'll start talking about, where we start to kind of unravel a lot more uh, culturally. Uh, that kind of defines um, Kamala Khan. And, and and who she is and her upbringing and mm -hmm. smart move also um, in the episode where we're starting to discover more about not only how her lineage and how her ancestry defines her uh, power sets wise as well, like mm -hmm. her as a person and her power sets too. Um, fun fact that I found out that I didn't know about last week, the actor who plays the dad, who we both were talking about how we really like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what this guy has done in the past, Travis? I do not. Uh, he's the official uh, Hindi uh, voice dub actor for Stephen Strange and all of the other movies. Oh, oh well, that's going to be awkward for them. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just hope this never have a scene together, so no one will ever know. Yeah, it's fucking pretty funny. Yeah, well, I would like to, I I hope Stephen Strange does not pop up to be like, "Hi Kamala Khan, I'm here to hang out. Hello fellow hang kids." Out with your dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he becomes the guy who's like damn rascals, you know, with like mm -hmm. Peter Parker and and America Chavez Mentoring and all these, all these children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think he's the right pick for that either. The character with zero chemistry with any of the children isn't the yeah. right pick to, to Yeah, have. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Doctor Strange in general, that's not a, he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Unless he's a zombie and he winks and gives you a loving speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Zombie Strange is I'll just reiterate, I don't like America Chavez being a wizard. I am <laughs> fucking <this> stupid. <laughs> enough going on. Uh, I, I do like America Chavez. I do, too. Hmm? A character who I dig a lot. Um, when she's written well, it's great. It's yeah, yeah. She can be killer, and again, uh, no pun intended. Assembling the lineup of kind of like the dope young Avengers, like mm -hmm. or younger characters who could be Avengers slash champions, like with yeah, yeah. sick actors who are all seemingly doing great jobs and want to be involved for 
quite a bit of time. The Kate mm-hmm. Bishop, Haley Steinfelds of the world, the America Chavez of the world, and now uh, Camilla Khan. Like, there's, can... yeah, yeah, there's really just like hulking, hulkling left to be introduced somewhere, but they could already have them start meeting in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cassie Lang, too, is another mm-hmm. one. And I have a theory about how I'll get into a little bit later on the episode. I think that the 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 plane of existence with all the light that Camilla is seeing might be the negative zone of sorts. And that might yeah. relate to the quantum zone of sorts. So maybe we'll see a little Antman or a wasp. <laughs> Lighting uh, around somewhere in here. I do hope we get a crossover, not to shield the spotlight from like, Kamala too much. I just know, remember, there are a few early issues of Miss Marvel with Spider Man and Wolverine crossing over and just having a fun adventure, establishing uh, Miss Marvel as a, a hero in her own right. And it was just fun. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, and she's a- something similar here. With different characters because they're not getting Spider-Man or Wolverine. But. No, but but I mean, you could for, do it with for, Stephen Strange. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely not that stuff. Yeah, uh, Wong would be cool. I'm down for yeah. some Wong. Yeah, yeah, Wong would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wong's just kind of the guy. Even more, they're doing Agents of Atmos. Oh my god! <laughs> A book that wasn't particularly great, like the new Agents of Atlas, uh, but. I'm Namor was Namor was involved in this? Uh sort of. Uh yeah, yeah, they did like an Atlantis attacks mini arc or whatever. Uh yeah, yeah. they introduced a character that's an Atlantean. Uh or has water powers at the very least. <laughs> they introduced sure, their so, water guy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all from like a mobile game, is what all the <laughs> most of those characters are from, but it's like they're kind of cool designs. Marvel Strike Force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that one. It's a uh, future fight. Oh yeah, I played that for a little while. Yeah, yeah, they're okay, all from that. They, uh, um, or most of them, I guess. Did you dig the uh, the previously on with the S and previously matching up with the S and the uh, the Miss the Miss Marvel comic book logo? Did you notice that? I did not. I did not. I did like the credits in most episodes. I don't know if they changed them or. I just forget. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're very colorful and uh, I like how they incorporate the art uh, throughout. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say that too because like both Miss Marvel and Hawkeye have done like a really nice job directly including panel art from the yeah, comic books, at least tonally. the artist handsomely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. But saying thanks in I the credits. Heard, I haven't heard these ones complain about it, but. I think David Aja did complain about oh, it. Oh, yeah, he did. Here. He did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, it's nice because, like, years ago we had seen these these movies and these shows literally running away from comic book references mm-hmm. to the point where the big uh, jokey line in the Brian Singer X-Men movie was the, you know, what would you rather? We have blue spandex? And then the audience just, you know, like like a... Yeah, can yeah. noise, you know what I mean? Applause, you know. Um, well, I see it in my yeah, give me yellow spandex or give me death at this point, you know. Um, when they gave this, it wasn't better, <laughs> not much, really. Uh, 
it was just black leather and no offense to, to the black leather community out there. No, I, no. You know, no. We're very open to the, the black leather community. I had a little bit of a discussion with you before the show you came did. up. You uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> kind of into it. Think it looks really cool. Um mm-hmm. Despite walking out on Bohemian Rhapsody, probably before or after that scene, um, but yeah, no, the 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 moving away from from embracing the comic booky nature of it, with the exception of Raimi's Spider Man, and oddly enough, Brian Singer's Superman Returns um, mm-hmm. was was like, you know, had guys like me and you just like god just give us this stupid costume <laughs> i mean even in the early phases of the mcu you and i would be like give me stupid costumes you yeah, know? yeah 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 uh, i get very upset when people didn't like uh captain america's avengers costume <laughs> i loved it it's there's even a storyline reason for it to be stupid i don't even need the storyline reason though i mean just throw these people in suits. I don't care. It's, I don't care. It's yeah. bright and shiny and awesome. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this episode opens up on Camilla returning to high school with a little bit of pep in her step. You know, now yeah, that yeah. she's uh, a big confidence boost that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, acting real slick. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was soundtrack to uh, Mace's "Feel So Good," the lead singer from the 19, uh, the lead single rather from the <laughs> 1997 debut album Harlem World. He is um, the lead singer, I guess. It's... He was, he was. I think huh? uh, Kelly Price did the uncredited backing vocals on it. Was produced by Sean Puffy Combs. I was such a big fan of this song in sixth grade when it came out. Um, I have such a nostalgic sweet spot for what i call jiggy era rap where it's just like a dumb sample of a song everybody knows like david bowie's let's dance or something mm-hmm. like that playing with just like uh-huh 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 you know what i mean like in the background and i tell you that we won't stop uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. like um there's a uh some pictures of me that I know my mom has that I should dig up where like I had the sweater that Mace wore on the Harlem world uh, <laughs> album cover. Like I like wore like I, I, mm-hmm. I had such a soft spot for, for Puff Daddy and the family, the locks, obviously uh, little Kim. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nice to hear Harlem world, not once, but twice uh, make it, make an appearance here. Um <laughs> uh so she mentions to Bruno how she tries to shrink and fly and there's a quick n- nod to uh Paul Rudd's eternal youth that also made me made me giggle quite a bit. Uh yeah, yeah. I uh I didn't even register that she talks about shrinking uh and that is one of the things she can do in the comics. So that she yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. That we have been robbed of by <sighs> by stripping us of her. She will grow a little bit, I think. Yeah. There's a big hand in this episode, and I thought, man, that's an Easter egg just for Travis right here. You know, that's. that's I, I don't think it's an happy. Easter egg. I think it's just the way her powers work. Uh, I have complaints about it. We'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> um, was what was the teacher who keeps mispronouncing her name? Is that one of the members of uh, Kids in the Hall? I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and. Uh, I didn't even register what they looked like. Uh, other than uh, just a random white guy. Yeah, the the confidence boost that you mentioned, how it made you feel uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. I was like cringing for her. Yes. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, those are fucking hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
um we're introduced more to Nakia who was in last week's episode but but this is, episode gives her more of a spotlight as opposed to Bruno um yeah well before we get off of uh, Bruno and her talking about uh, her powers and whatnot he mentions that all he saw with the video she sent was flashes of pink light pink hmm. light pink light what are you getting at here Travis her powers are not pink they're purple yes yes why <coughs> I, I just had they not settled on a uh, a, uh... <laughs> on the on the after effects plugin that they were going to be using yeah, to color yeah, correct the this episode is yet? just like that uh, <laughs> bit of hot guy where uh, uh if I can take Bishop compliments cosplayers on their costumes when they aren't wearing fucking costumes yeah, they're just they, wearing they should clothes. should address dialogue at some point. It's <laughs> yes, you would. They do think. multiple takes with all the colors if you have to. Mm-hmm. You could probably, with the money they have, like CGI his mouth to say the word "purple" and, oh, <laughs> and just yeah. have the guy come in for one day, give him a hundred bucks, yeah, and just show the back of some guy's head. That's all you need. Would be totally fine. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Um, yes, yeah, so the the light is not pink. The light is is uh, most Am I being definitely unreasonable? purple. Is it- <laughs> No, I get it. I get it. A little unreasonable, but but yeah, it's you know, just I, it's not a, a goof, really. I, I don't know. Huh? No, I mean we'll look for places to complain when we can complain. So I I I understand as someone who famously complains literally for ninety percent of the time <laughs> I, that he's awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I complain about everything. I enjoy pretty much because I'm incapable of complete happiness. It's. I find myself complaining in my dreams. Like I, you know, I dream about places that I've always wanted to been. And then I get there and I'm just like bored and like take out my iPad and just like. (laughs) (laughs) Famed, uh, famed skank Zoe is, uh, (laughs) leveraging, uh, a near death experience, uh, from more social media likes and, and Insta fame here. She is. I don't think she's racist at all i disagree with you on her saying ugh in the last episode you I, did I disagree yeah yeah i didn't yeah. go back to rewatch it to verify which of this is right but i just don't get the impression that she's really racist in this one she is slightly xenophobic in the comic books right they kind of like hint at it a little bit yeah at first eventually they become friends and i'm wondering if that's maybe why they're not having her be depicted as racist at all uh mm. they um when she's kind of like recanting this uh this raptured audience in in the cafeteria here uh, about her mysterious savior who she dubs the uh the nightlight um mm-hmm. maybe a play on on night monkey or whatever they fucking called ned in those uh spider-man movies um do you get any hints if like zoe knows that this is kamala no no uh i i guess it's like the Clark Kent thing where even though the costume is, I guess it does cover up more of her than uh, Superman's, but yeah. Yeah. Like, it's is she, pretty, pre- <laughs> yeah, like, is, is she protecting her or is she just taking all of the attention for herself? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Because, she is standing face to face with this human being who she's known her entire life and yes. like looking looking her dead in the eyes before the superpowers start really taking full force you know mm-hmm. um we get the little setup that um the MacGuffin of the episode i guess always party to celebrate the fragility of life here and are introduced to um 
the the hunky new Pakistani senior uh, Cameron. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Cameron, Cameron, whatever. Kill, it, killer it, Cam, Cam, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Cam, 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 Cam. Um, did you listen to? Cameron or the diplomats in your day? Did you ever listen to that? I did not. I did not. So yeah, he has a uh, a wonderful verse where he reminds the listeners that he keeps computers Putin. Well, that that is a fine bit of wordsmithery. <laughs> and then we get another needle drop of makes us feel so good over a wonderful title credits displaying how fucking stylistic the show is and and i i really do adore the uh the style choices and and um as i'm not prone to seizures from like epileptic shock (laughs) i I greatly appreciate it although i could see the more light sensitive members of the audience um having complete freakouts during it (laughs) so this is the part um that I thought would get you upset here, Travis. Uh, Camilla is like demonstrating her powers to Bruno in like a closet or something at the school. Um, when he asks how it feels, she says like it's it's an idea coming to life, and she starts to make a big old fist with her with her hand here. I thought this was a fun little nod, a loving nod mm-hmm. to her abilities in the comic books and the famous poses of her with the giant flexi fist. Yeah, yeah. You seem to think differently. Uh, no, no, it is a nod to them. Uh, I just think it's going to be pretty much how her powers work in live action during the action bits where she gets the big fist like she's supposed to. I think it's weird that they have weight. That is my yeah. issue. Okay. <laughs> like they, they, there's they're... no amount of like, if they have that much weight that she can barely lift it, like one day of working out, it's not going to. <laughs> and also, they, they define this power set as light constructs later mm-hmm. on in the episode right and and she makes I, floaty platforms she makes floaty These powers make no sense i, I make, don't know how scientifically accurate this is supposed to be but yeah uh, well uh, we know from uh being um amateur amateur scientists ourselves that a high concentration of light does not equate to any depth right like or mass, mass. there's no yes, mass yes. to light it is it is a I don't know what light Wait. is. It travels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a wavelength. Thank you, Travis. Um, but but this light seems to be so highly concentrated that it forms mass and has actual weight to it, which is affected by gravity sometimes, but not all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever it's convenient, pretty much. They thought that would be a funny scene, I guess. Or whenever it maybe whenever <laughs> whenever it's attached to her, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the the construct that doesn't make sense because her foot's on it and that would mean that it would sink, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you like the training montages though? This reminded me of um, the Shazam, the criminally underrated Shazam movies. I uh, it reminded me of that as well. I uh, yeah yeah it was fine it was fine. I thought the uh, the bit where like they're they're at the uh, falafel truck and he's telling her you know based on my readings the power doesn't seem to be coming from the bengal but the bengals are actually activating a power from within you i'm like how is he figuring this out you know what i mean like um super genius uh he is in the comics too uh, where he goes through like wakanda in school eventually but uh yeah that at least gave me hope that we'd uh 
that maybe she was still an inhuman and maybe her mom didn't get the inhuman gene and that's why the Bengals didn't open it up for her and she didn't get to experience the weird powers that it has. Inhuman gene slash like Cree mm-hmm. genetic tampering gene thing, right? The uh the Storm Ranger armor in the comics is uh yeah. pretty as well. So maybe that's this bracelet. Uh-huh. Possibly. Yeah, there was a bit that made me laugh so hard where um, they mentioned like the writing and they're like, uh, does this mean anything to you? And she's like, it's Arabic or Hindi or something like or that. Urdu. Yes, yes. Yeah, or Urdu. And um, they're like, well, that's not going to get us anywhere. So let's focus on what you we can, can literally do. Google the <laughs> We've heard seen this guy speak Urdu. Uh, like the guy but, they're talking to, the holla truck guy. No, yeah, oh, that too. I was talking about Bruno, but yes, yes. You could write down those things on a piece of paper, bring it to literally anyone in the neighborhood, and be like, "This is making." That. There are apps for that. Mm-hmm. There's a thing where you could just like speak it out loud and it would translate it back to you. You know, I used to work mm-hmm. in healthcare and those things were fucking crazy where like every once in a while somebody would come in and no one in the hospital would be able to speak their language and oh. someone would just hold an iPhone up and it would like tell the doctor what was going on. It was Wow. Very fucking convenient and totally practical to do. And they're like, well, let's think about, uh, you know, let's move on to stuff that we do know. And it's like, what? Like the make-believe stuff that you just said from your fucking iPhone? You know what I mean? At what point are we living in a cyberpunk dystopia? Because uh, it's we're definitely high tech. It's not quite, I guess, a low life enough. To really, uh, I guess some parts of the world, for sure, but... Once that high tech becomes like Is so accessible, robots? yes, yes, it's the sexual part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Once okay. I can That's put fair. technology in my penis at a, you know, flashlights don't count. Yeah, flashlights yeah, don't be count. To a humanoid. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and I'm sure like we could do that. We just don't have the money. Once that becomes like readily available to the everyday consumer, mm. um, that's when we're going to be starting to get down with the nasty stuff. You know what I mean? Did, uh, did, apparently, you, uh, did you watch black mirror? I were you about to No, no, I, I was going to ask you about her sliding around. Like she was Iceman. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I just want to mention, there's like a, a newer black mirror episode where, um, there's some sort of a VR chip kind of that you put in your head, like the Neuralink thing kind mm-hmm. of that Elon Musk is is getting down with. And uh, there's some video games that you could play kind of like uh, the metaverse. It seems like, you know, like a Sims kind of thing. Yeah. And and these two men are, um, you know, best friends in real life. <laughs> and uh, one of their avatars in the metaverse that they uh, go into is yeah. a female. So they like fuck inside the simulator. And then like they get I, I've out. heard of this one. I have a conservative friend that, that had a hard time with that one. Really? I thought it was really interesting because it's like, uh, what is, you know, gender, obviously, mm-hmm. um, for those of you, whether you want to accept it or not, is yeah, yeah. like yeah. a socially constructed thing that doesn't really exist. Like, no one is like assigned a gender at their birth. No, like, it, it's no. not a biological thing. It is a construct made up by people, you know, that mm-hmm. like you can determine for yourself. So, like, once that idea and that construct gets moved into a 
virtual place like that, like through technology, like the whole idea of like a virtually constructed gender preference mm. um, or identity, rather. Um, someone smarter than me should be talking about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought that idea was really interesting because then like when they um, when they unplug from this virtual reality game, they like go and see each other and they're like, all right, let's just do it. And they kiss and they're like, anything? And it's like, nope, nothing. And they just like it in their game, you know? Yeah. Um, so they're only like one of them is assigning themselves this female gender, but it's like within the, I don't know. They're only, they're only, I was going to say gay in cyberspace and then make a joke about it. You're not gay in prison if you quit like a month (laughs) before you get out. Absolutely. You get what you can get. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's not really the same. No, it's uh, not the same. Um, yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting. You were talking about the Iceman powers? No, yes. I heard stealing Bobby Drake's powers. <laughs> I thought this bits. slighty bits, but it also allows her to feel like Spider-Man, which I think is kind of fun because it gives her this ability to just like get around. Her, really. Yes. Yes. I like this a lot. The, the what do they call it? Hard light, right? Yes. Yes. Is something that we both have a problem with by definition, but <laughs> <laughs> these platforms made of the, the light constructs so she can get around. And then she eventually does make a little slip and slide out mm-hmm. of it, uh, which is like straight up Bobby Drake. Um, were you a fan of it? Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was just, I couldn't help but thank you for fucking Iceman, of course, but <laughs> I couldn't uh, help but think of the great, um, James Cameron film Titanic at one point where she slips off of one of her hard light platforms and, and Bruno goes to catch her and they have the, I'll never let go Jack little bits. Um, <laughs> I did not put that together because I've only seen that movie once back in 1994 or whatever that movie released. 1997, my friend. No, well, I got, it, I got it in a little earlier than you because I'm good <laughs> friends with James Cameron. And- with Jimmy C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can sneak me into Avatar 2, <laughs> I would greatly appreciate it because I want to know so badly what the hell it is in the worst way possible. I feel like I'm the only person in the world actually excited for Avatar 2. <laughs> um, knowing Kate Winslet is involved as well as my my good friend uh, um, Vin Diesel uh, is somehow going to be involved. I want to know what Vin Diesel is playing. I hope it's a fish person. Um, I'll take in the V, but um, yeah, I was joking, talking about that sequence mimicking Titanic, but it's actually the exact dialogue, right? When um, they're on the Red Skull planet and Clint is holding on to Black Widow. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is, that's right, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. like dialogue for dialogue ripped. Because they sell the movies, too. Yes, well, <laughs> Travis, I don't know if you know this, but apparently Marvel.com, which makes this canon, right, mm-hmm. put out a uh, like a fake, newscast thing today or or earlier on in the week about this um shield agent who was there who got teleported to the 
the battle at the end of Endgame, mm-hmm. and he like documented it like a journalist, and he wrote like a tell-all book about all of the events. He must have had like binoculars and had everybody mic'd up, you know, with <laughs> like football players. And we're in secret identities already. Those that have them. Those that have them, yes. Um, but apparently that's how they're explaining a lot of this stuff. That and the uh, the Scott Lang. Uh, I was going to say, why not just say some of the heroes talked afterwards? That's all. That's all. That would have been fine. And then like the stuff that happened before it was like Tony rambled about, you know what I mean? And (laughs) they could have like explained it. Like there were a lot of people in that final battle. Some of them could relay information to the government. (laughs) Rhodey survived, right? Yes. Yes. And he's a a soldier. So that would make sense for him Mm -hmm. to have to debrief. Yeah, and um, actually, I I know he survived because he was famously nominated for an Emmy for his wonderful performance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, (laughs) But um, we know that Colonel James Rode, a.k.a. Rhodey, a.k.a. War Machine, uh, a.k.a. the Iron Patriot, uh, loves to brag about his... um, Conquests. His conquests, yes. Yes. Boom, you're looking for this, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that his, his famous zinger? At the end of his his uh, conquest uh, bragging, um, but yeah, Marvel's trying to like release more and more of like how do all these people know like what Clint Barton heard Natasha say as she was getting dropped from the mountain in space from Maybe the magic. What we're seeing isn't actually uh, what happened. It's just like dramatized versions, and they've seen them too, and that's being dramatized on top of. <laughs> It, it's like the um i've often mentioned my theorem on uh the first captain america movie feeling like wartime propaganda <laughs> more than like anything it would adjust the bit where he outswims the submarine with my working point on that one well remember the um the great hbo watchman miniseries damon lindelof's uh sequel to watchman mm-hmm. how there was that under the hood docu-series that was going on in the background do you recall uh no i don't not right offhand uh yeah they had uh i forgot the name of the hero but he was he was like the guy who started the midnight men um he wore like the the hood oh and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah 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 i do remember that now yeah yeah yep and um they're in the background basically of this television show that's a commentary on superheroes there's a television show being shown about one of the superheroes dramatizing his life and the events and then throughout the series you find out all of that was false um do you think that the mcu is actually a meta thing and and that's what they're consuming and whatever earth designation that they decide to declare it hopefully not 616 again <laughs> no no i don't think yeah neither do i i don't yeah, i think uh, that they're just doing it for convenience of the plot i mm-hmm. agree um and uh, remember berries pretty much all the time all yeah. the time uh speaking of member berries back in 2008 or maybe it was 2000 and late I forget. Um, I remember watching a music video where this very pretty Sri Lankan woman was rapping on a car driving sideways. And I remember falling in love with her instantly. And then a song called Paper Planes kind of becoming the song of the summer for me. Uh, That woman's name, she goes by the MIA. Um, 
not sure if you're a fan of that woman or, or her music, but she fucking rules. And she had an album produced by uh, Timbaland, which is like a, for those um, Gen Z listeners out there was a rather big deal in the hip hop and, and music community. Oh, I, I know the Paper Planes song. I've heard it a few times and I know who's the flat earther guy that was linked to that one. I have no idea. There was a flat earther link to the Paper Plane song. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it may have been one of a remix, remix or something. It got some airplay, but yeah, yeah, that's insane. I I like that song because fucking uh, I I don't know. One, I fell in love with uh with Mia because she was rapping sideways on that on that truck, and I thought that was fucking really cool. Also, it samples a uh, a Clash song, and I thought that was really cool. And I and I went out and I bought that album, and I I listened to it like on repeat. Um, this song come around on that album is playing as they're going into this this mosque. Um, and and I love the mosque scene because i really think it kind of like demystifies islam for non-muslims like myself yes yes i uh i like it a bit too i just i've never been uh to a mosque or anything like that uh i don't know what the process is of like going to church pretty much (laughs) i know what going to church as a christian in various denominations is for the most part but sure this really hasn't been documented in the same way in endless Endlessly. TV shows and personal experience. Huh? Yeah, I, I think I've told you and maybe said it on the air before. Um, obviously, you know, I've been to, you know, religious worship services, but I didn't grow up a Catholic. And all I knew of Catholicism as a child was from <laughs> horror yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, and I say, yeah, I don't know any Catholics. Uh, there That's is insane. like a Catholic church down here, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. The one true religion, as we all know, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, I said unfortunately, I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, Long Island is dominated by by um, a lot of Italian and Irish people, uh, you know, uh, second generation, and and it, uh, Catholicism is, you know, the biggest religion up in uh, up in uh, beautiful Long Island, New York, um, Judaism as well. Um, but um, I think I've gone to a mosque once and I had a lot of there was a lot of like explaining before I went in uh from oh, my, yeah. with with my friend you know much like if um you know well, going just being polite uh, like I grew up going to Pentecostal churches and if you invited someone to come to church there would be certain things that you would want to warn them about yeah, just like kind of explainers. Like, yeah. by the way, this is how this no works. Snake handling or anything crazy. Not that level of Pentecostal, no. but <laughs> no. Did you guys go? <laughs> Have you ever seen that stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? That was yeah, yeah. That was very, very common. Very common. Uh, talking like almost every service, someone would do that, or I've seen people run over the tops of pews and faint and wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy moly! Were they like? Do they have the devil inside of them? Do you think? Or oh, I've seen a few exorcisms too. But yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different thing than uh, in Catholicism. 
Uh, oh my god! It, it has nothing to do with like shaky. Uh, nobody heads. does anything supernatural. It's, it's fucking disappointing. <laughs> Shit! No split pea soup flying no, out. Or no, no, walking no children. Heads. Now you'll hear stories about the more over the top ones, but for some reason you just never see them. That's imagine why. That's freaking crazy. That's freaking crazy, man. <laughs> Did you see his documentary about that? Uh, no, we we don't talk about that later. Later. No. Why not? Have let's talk about William Freakin for a minute because I found an hour and a half long interview from Nicholas Reffin Winding, Nicholas Winding Reffin rather, interviewing William William Freakin, the great William Freakin who who directed uh, such hits as The Exorcist as well as uh, my personal favorite Sorcerer, a probably top 20 film of all time in my opinion. Um the the so French too. It was the, I think the last really good one that he had for me personally, uh, 2011. Yes. That's with Matthew McConaughey? Yes, and Juno Temple and I forget who else, but... Uh, have you ever seen Sorcerer? Gina uh, uh No, no, I'm not. It's, I know the, the poster with the... With the, the truck? Vehicle. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, tense movie, buddy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Real tense movie, yeah. It's like... Four sweaty dudes in a truck who have the worst job ever. Basically, like there's this South American village where like this company left all this dynamite and it's like <laughs> leaking the oh. explosive material and it has to be transported from point A to point B. But it's like so volatile and it's the Amazon rainforest. So it's hot as fuck. And all the roads are like windy and rocky and like rope bridges. So they have, it's, and it's just like four guys in a truck, like sweating their balls off being like, we are going to explode at any second. It's like masterful tension. And um, also uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the French connection, but that's like the blueprint for, action movies like to this day and mm-hmm. and it's kind of amazing this guy ended up with the exorcist and that's like his claim to fame you know what i mean um because he's a real freak and well he did something he genuinely believes in and all that i don't i'm not gonna bash religious people too much no. or anything no, I, no, I think no. they're all ridiculous but that's just me i'm totally fine I, with people having their beliefs absolutely whatever fucking ridiculous people <laughs> whatever makes you happy with that's your right make, make believe nonsense um but this uh this Ruffin interview with freaking who doesn't give a fuck um mm-hmm. talking to a guy who you know we've made fun of Ruffin on the pod and off the pod it's quite a bit all in love. Yes, yes. it's all in love we adore his movies even when they're nonsense nice, very good yeah, yeah yeah even when they're just like a joke with how much he's like pressing our attention and our goodwill you know what i mean like that guy tests his luck with the people who are still rooting for him so fucking hard and um we talked about it off the air but if you're listening and you care about nicholas winding reffin google nicholas winding reffin video store and the first video that pops up please watch that because he it's like some French channel where like you yeah, get yeah. another buddy one posted the same fucking clip earlier today. Was, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they posted a clip of uh, Beatrice Dell from uh, Inside. Uh, Interesting. Also on the show, she was pointing out films like Salo and things yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. 
and and they had uh you know they get famous filmmakers on there to like go through this like great video store and pick up movies that mean a lot for them yeah uh, like uh reference starts the uh uh the fucking video by talking about how there's a lot of french movies and he doesn't know what they are <laughs> And then he picks up like Ice Age 2 yeah. and talks about how much he like loves it. And then he's yeah, like, oh, yeah. The Croods, great movie. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's just, the most inane. It's amazing. It has to be. I don't either. know like, if something happened before they started rolling or something where he pissed, they pissed him off or something. But yeah. He seems like he wants to leave so bad. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants out of there so bad. And he's just saying absolute nonsense. Um, the Sean Baker one is great because I I love Sean Baker and I think his films have a ton of artistic merit. I particularly like his new film, Red Rocket. It was one of my favorite films of last year. I think Simon Rex is like, like genuinely masterful. Like I, I never did. I expect Simon Rex to be like one of my favorite performances of the past decade. The guy who is in the fake rap group with like little Dickie and Andy Milanakis, you know what I mean? Um, but he crushes it in that movie. I think you would love that movie, Travis. Um, but uh, Sean Baker at, as a prestigious filmmaker as he is, um, he he seems to really care for trash quite a bit and uh, talks a lot about the Miami connection, which is a ridiculous movie. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> Recently released on 4k, by the way. Yeah. That's where I was getting. Simon Baker recently got a Criterion 4K for one of his first films, and he is ecstatic. I've never seen a guy so happy, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he's a guy who probably genuinely loves his Criterion discs as much as <laughs> <laughs> all other white guys who like movies a lot like their Criterion discs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so it's cool to see him to see him getting one. Um, but the whole uh, demystification, I guess, of Islam, right? Um, so. I know this from, you know, just growing up on Long Island and being around like Jewish temples a lot. Um, There is like a practice in in some very traditional Jewish services uh, where you have to um, kind of wash yourself before Mm -hmm. entering. Uh, There's also a practice where um, you have to, you separate the men from the women to um, like through partitions kind of to uh, maintain the modesty, I guess. Um, Also in Catholicism, some services they dip you with holy water before you walk into the church itself and this kind of makes it seem like oh it's not so different it's just yeah yeah it looks what different you yeah, yeah. what you do yeah well like, there um, are degrees of religious belief and observance right? <laughs> i yeah. imagine most muslims are like most christians where it's largely just a cultural thing and like they the, really believe but they don't they're not uh, they're not like the, engaged. The yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, this is taking place during like, um, some late afternoon prayers and like mm-hmm. Muslims, I think it's five times a day and communal praying is encouraged. Um, much like it is in Christianity where you sit down and say grace, like at the end of every fast and furious movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there's the, with Christianity, yeah. you're encouraged to not pray in public, but they don't actually adhere to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a Christian, and every once yeah. in a while, I'll just say, dear God, save me, sweet Jesus. I'll just scream it in the middle of the day, and they're like, <laughs> the, the guy in the stall next to me is like, what is going on in there? Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, there's those, you know, they, 
the teenagers who get dragged to temple or get of dragged course. to church who are yeah, texting. Yeah. We see that in the mosque. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, wudu, uh, that's a ritual to purify oneself, similar to cleansing yourself with holy water, like I said, before entering a church in Catholicism or in very strict uh, um Judaism. Um, and then also the men and the women partition to, to maintain modesty. And, um, there's this scene, um, and dialogue taken straight from the comic books here when, when, uh, Nakia and, um, Kamala are, um, kind of talking about how they can't see them through yeah, the, the partition. A little bit of, uh, addressing sexism where they're, the section is a, a bit more run down than the men's, and it's like falling apart. The water doesn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the the Sheikh Abdul like kind of explains the reasons for their petition. You know that that's straight from the comic books. Mm-hmm. I love the drawing of that guy. And you you remember that page where he's like sitting at the top? It looks so cool. Um, not as cool in the show, but much more realistic and less yeah. cartoonish depiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nakia decides that she's going to run for the mosque board. Um, in the comic books, her character is kind of a very vigilant social advocate. The uh, changes here changes her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's straight from the comics too like that that's all straight from there um i'm very curious in the shoe bandit travis um, is this a plot line that we're going to be going back to is that what you're wondering is it is it confirmation that mefesto is in the mcu <laughs> just killing issues from muslim girls that's it's a weird really specific subplot for him to be involved with but i took special note of Nakia's sneakers when she took them off walking into there as a uh, person with like, I didn't, I almost called it like an addiction. I guess like a problem with buying sneakers. Uh, it's, it's like just something I've always been into. I own close to 300 pairs. I'm like looking underneath my bed. I have these uh, uh, yeah. like storage containers. You really that are I st- exactly the opposite on that. Spectrum. I will buy the cheapest fucking shoes I can possibly <laughs> find. I hoard them and I'm like obsessed with them and I like I save for like weird shit, dude. Like weird mm. shit. Uh it's just like something I, I don't know where it might have come from like listening to I don't know I was gonna say like <laughs> listening to rap music. I, I don't know where it came from watching basketball during the Great Depression whenever you didn't couldn't afford the nice I, shoes. And my, yes, my yeah. dad's like when when I came to this country, I couldn't afford shoes, and I'm just like I'm gonna buy all the shoes. But I have had my eye on Versace sneakers as like a brag kind of like um, during the pandemic. Um, I I bought uh, Gucci flip flops as like a joke kind of. And I was like, I got nothing going on. I haven't left my house in two days. I in two days, like six months. I haven't spent money on fucking anything. I'm going to buy like the dumbest shit. I bought these like Gucci flip flops and I would just like wear them walking to a Seven Eleven and just be like, I am a slob. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have my Grateful Dead t-shirt on again and I just like look like a complete idiot. But Versace solds on these sneakers are so weird looking and they're always like, wouldn't it be weird if I just showed up with these like stupid shoes on one day? Cause I'm like genuinely such a bum. Um, and they steal these things. Like the, th- those are fucking like $700 shoes that this fucking girl is wearing. That is 
crazy. Do you think the shoe bandit is going to pop up in the future? Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, Mr. I Pan know William. that's like such a non-answer. <laughs> <laughs> he steals all his shoes for all of his children on his tentacles, Master Pandemonium, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, like, somebody stealing shoes is a Miss Marvel-level uh, issue to tackle. That is a Miss Marvel issue to tackle, yeah. absolutely. Um, do you watch Community? Have you ever watched that show? I've watched some. Uh, I want to say the first season, maybe. Okay. I hate to be like, oh, it really picks up in season two, but it like really picks up in season two. Um, and it starts getting a community uh, TV show created by Dan Harmon from like the early 2010s. It was part of like the NBC must see TV lineup when it was like just like on fire where it was like community, some random show that would get canceled, like the kind of racist outsourced or the Whitney Cummings show. And then it was like the office and parks and rec. You know what I mean? And at one point it was, it was 30 rock community office parks and rec. And it was like, wow, like four. now they're kind of considered like classic shows, like back to back to back community was kind of always the outlier, but it was the smartest show on TV for a very long time, especially when, there was a show that nerdy out when like big bang theory was a thing. And I had this horrible comparison. That's not apt, but I used to call uh big bang theory. Um, the black face for the comic book reader. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where like, it kind of sucked like being like a six foot. It really sucked being a six it foot looked, tall white guy. Looking like, people in the show <laughs> it sucked being <laughs> me and wearing a green lantern shirt out in public and then people being like who's sherman or whatever and i'm yeah, like yeah. who the fuck is sherman like what the fuck are you talking about and they're like, like big bang theory you don't know how to talk to people and you're all weird and it was like all i do is talk to people <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm like no like i'm a normal person like i don't know what this show is you know what i mean and, and but community was like I hate to say like the nerd show because I kind of hate calling this stuff nerdy stuff, but like that was the show for the people who were like addicted to pop culture and like really got pop culture because it got so fucking meta with its pop culture references where there were characters saying like, oh, it's going to be a bubble episode. And they're like, why are you saying it's a bubble episode? It's like, because we're going to be stuck in this room and have an adventure and it's never going to leave. And they would like call out the kind of episode of television that it was. And there was one episode called the Ass Crack Bandits, which was uh, making fun of David Fincher films very blatantly where like the first scene happened and then like a filter like whooshed over the screen and it got like kind of green looking. Um, and it was about uh, somebody in the community college. Every time somebody bent over and their butt crack was sticking out, would drop a quarter into their butt crack <laughs> and they had to like find the, the ass crack bandit. Um, and it became like, um, like seven or, yeah. or Zodiac. Um but the the shoe thief reminded me of the the ass crack bandits. Like there could be a whole like procedural mystery around who the shoe thief was. You know what I mean? Um, will we ever find out? The world may never know. Tune in next week for MCU Beyond Infinity's coverage of episode three of Miss Marvel. Um, when Carmela asked uh, her mom about going to Zoe's party after you know her kind of lukewarm apology. And her mom permitting her, were you kind of like weirded out, especially after Extremely. all the Extremely. 
Just like it, it seems like it's the day after she gets in trouble for sneaking out to Adventures Town, which isn't a party, but they acted like it was a party and and calling her parents night. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now she's fucking disobeyed her parents, rebelled, and she's actually going to a party at night with a boy and a girl, but with a boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's God knows what's going to be going on there because it's. So we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. watch Euphoria. We know what goes on at parties in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and there's like no arguments. You know? Okay, yeah, have a good time. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Be home at nine. Bye. Yeah, yeah. That was just bad writing, honestly. Uh, not, not to be a, a, too much of a jerk, but that's inconsistent. You know, I I like kind of think um there was like a throwaway line where it's like her mom used to drive us to school when we were kids. So maybe like Zoe's parents know Camilla's parents. I'm shrugging my shoulders for the. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. I don't fucking know. I like how, when she shows up at the party, she's rocking the, uh, the winter flap cap. Those are, uh, (laughs) that is one of our from the comics too. Yeah. They released um, in one of the six reprints of uh, Camilla Khan, uh, Miss Marvel number one. One of them, I forget what it was, had uh, early like drafts and design work for all the characters in the back and the trade paperback had it yeah. as well. And and a lot of them were drawn with that winter flap cap too. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a nice little nod to that. Um, this is where we're introduced to, what was his name? Like Booker? What was the name of their other friend? Chad? Uh, Miguel. 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 Not, not, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not My Miguel eyes Vera. lit up, audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if it was, since they're not going to use models as a friend for her? Yeah. We get a time-traveling Spider-Man from the year 2099. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just so weird how they have this guy just start talking as if he's been there the whole time. I was such a huge 2099 fan. <laughs> Um, I think it's the best Spider-Man logo ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite Spider-Man logo. It's one of the coolest Spider-Man costumes. Huh? Oh my god, it's, it's so very cool. '90s, but it's still cool. Even the white version is fucking dope. And those holofoil covers and the cities <laughs> that look like Tron. The borders of these covers is yeah. Oh my god, they came with cards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. I loved Doom 2099. I loved Punisher 2099. I ate that shit up. That was right around the time where I was way into uh, Captain Universe. Spider-Man proper had become Captain Universe at the time. No, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Superman was blue at the time, Travis. I read some of the X-Men 2099, and I, I was young enough that I just thought that all the characters were supposed to be, have like, regular x-men equivalents and that's not really how that works no <laughs> you know the x-men 2099 no it's, yeah no they're just future mutants yeah that aren't yeah. cable or bishop or any of the other future mutants <laughs> they're different future mutants different timeline different timeline maybe yeah uh friend of the podcast peter david wrote for uh spider-man 2099 good guy good dude has uh, the same local comic book store as me Androids, amazing comics and toys in Saville, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, some Chad gives Camilla Khan some booze. Um, yeah, that's sh- a thing from the comics. comics. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And not only, um, so I might sound like a culturally insensitive or naive idiot. Um, you can't drink alcohol in Muslim 
culture, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I assume not, but I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I mean, I can't. Even with Christianity, I, I don't know. Some <laughs> they give you wine at church, my friend. Well, no, I mean that's Catholicism. Uh, the okay. churches I grew up in, it was mostly a no go. Would they give you grape juice? Yes, yes. If, if for communion, not masses, they don't call it mass. <laughs> that's a bummer, my friend. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah. I am. We get Manischewitz. Manischewitz. Killer Cam Cam, Killer Cameron. He jumps off a roof into a pool here. Pretty cool move. Looks really cool. Does a flip. Um, have you ever seen someone jump off a roof into a pool, my friend? Not off a roof, no. No. No? Off a deck off or something? Side. <laughs> really? Yeah. Into a pool? Yeah, or no, into no, a into a, 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 a lake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my friend Eric, uh, good friend childhood friend who i've known since i was like two years old uh who's um fucking weirdo he's like a kleptomaniac in the fashion where he like doesn't steal things that matter he just loves stealing things where like i would invite him over and like my television remote would be missing yeah yeah the third disc of a box set or something (laughs) yep and then like a week later he would like give me back my tv remote i'm like why did you take that and he's like i got issues man you know what i mean he's just kind of like um eric jumped off uh a really high roof Um, And when you like jump from a distance, you like travel farther than you think sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it was the only time in my life other than working in a hospital where I saw a compound fracture. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, that's not great. Oh, it was crazy, my friend. (laughs) It was crazy because it like hit the concrete on the side, like right in his fucking leg. And I saw the thing snap. And, you know, in like horror movies, when like someone bleeds in a pool and it just like starts becoming Mm -hmm. like red and the whole thing. Oh, my God. It was like buzzkill party over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everyone's like, oh, boy, this person has died. Meanwhile, my mom and his mom are like best friends. So like I'm getting the shit from Eric's mom, who uh, was like my arch nemesis. She was like my Mrs. Trunchbull kind of, you know what I mean? Um, For years and years and years. Um, Also, Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous is like going to be a Broadway musical soon that has a famous pool jumping what is it now? Almost famous Cameron Crowe's. Uh, have you ever seen that? I thought film? you said Counting Crows. No. Surely. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones, the yeah, musical. Yeah, yeah, a uh, long December. It's, I like that album. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Almost famous by by the great Cameron Crowe. Um, one of the most angry I've ever been in a movie theater because I was a Cameron Crowe fan was going to see Elizabeth Town and I hated it so much and I was so mad. Um, and then he had another one where, um, what's the girl who played Gwen Stacy? Oh, uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. She played a Hawaiian, a native Hawaiian in it. Oh, um, well, that's an interesting casting. It was so weird. It was called uh, Aloha. It was called Aloha. How the mighty had fallen at that uh, point for Mr. Crow, uh, who I was a, a huge, huge fan of uh, growing up. Uh, yeah, Almost Famous is like his his rock and roll movie that's kind of like uh, recants his 
his life story as like a teenage journalist who like fooled Rolling Stone into thinking he was an adult, but he was like 14 and he got to go on tour <laughs> with like the Doobie Brothers and Led Zeppelin and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like his fictionalized bio. There was like way too many stories like that where it's just, I guess, it's a much different time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, like you fooled a major publication to say, hey, let me go on tour with these drug addicts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, see a mom. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, I might take my father to go see Almost Famous on Broadway, though, because he is he is a fan of that movie. And every once in a while, he thinks it's sweet. Happy Father's Day for all the fathers out there. Um, yeah, he'll text me like watching Almost Famous and thinking of you. I'm like, why? Because we saw it in the movie theaters. And I was like, <laughs> Thank you. And I just text like heart emoji back. Don't be a dickhead. No, I'm not gonna be a dick. My favorite is the um I'll text it to you later. The the smiley face with the little hands on the side. I love that guy. I call him happy hands. I'm thinking I'm gonna be him for Halloween next year. I'm just gonna get a big ball with the the happy hands. I found out if you write hug, that's the it's a hug emoji, but that sounds a little deranged. It's so funny. It, it, it sounds like a boomer thing to do. Dress up like an it, emote. Yeah. That's that's the joke. You got it, Travis. You got the joke. Um, um when are we gonna cover the emoji movie? I've never seen it. Uh hopefully never. I, <laughs> I think Patrick Stewart plays the poop emoji in it. Oh god. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. You don't want to cover the Emoji movie, Cats, and Angry Birds, the movie? <laughs> Just like what we have a really off week? No, I think I'm good. Maybe if Tetris yeah. comes out and we can do like a okay. quadrilogy of, uh, okay. uh, of, yeah. tr- of garbage. Yeah. Watch the Tetris movie be amazing. <laughs> I can't see it being better than Battleship, a movie I kind of like. That one, uh, I didn't see. I can kind of see how that could work since, I don't know. They made it about aliens, Travis. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. No, I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) The dramatic pause when, like, because Rihanna's like a control person on one of the, the carriers you know what i mean and like you know the aliens strike and mm-hmm. they, they sink the battleship and like the dramatic pause where like rihanna's getting the readings and she's like sir you have to come see this and liam neeson comes over and like it's the moment you're all waiting for it it's like they still got battleship no like the alien okay so here's the conceit of the movie battleship basically like rihanna and liam neeson are like working the controls on this this fleet of aircraft carriers and like they have cloaking mechanisms and the alien ships have cloaking mechanisms too so they don't know where they're firing so they have to fire at strategic points much like d9 e7 yeah 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 to like hopefully their missile will hit the alien missile and it was like one would fire the other would return fire and they would go back and forth um that is the conceit of the film battleship a movie i kind of like um no i think our next scorsese cinema club if we get the time off uh by that time i think crimes of the future will have been released yeah, on, uh, yeah probably uh we have to continue the streak of weird body horror weird sex body horror movies where where it's oddly horny people cutting things up and having sex with machines yeah 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 sounds fine sounds good to me 
And if that's not how we'll do a Michael Mann movie. (laughs) (laughs) A (laughs) two-parter. We'll watch Heat on VHS and cover the first tape and then the second tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how we should split it up. Or Titanic, maybe. Um, Yeah. So Camilla Khan is uh, crushing very hard over this new bile, sexy young boy. Um, Really cool effects while uh, he's walking slowly with his abs out. Um, uh, yeah, and then the cops come and they all have to split. And uh, not only is this nubile, young, sexy boy, uh, Pakistani, sexy, nubile, and, and seemingly very cool, he does backflips into pools. He also has a fucking Porsche, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a very nice car. I know nothing about fucking vehicles. I, I know that it, it was a car and it was nice, but beyond At that, least you drive, you know. <laughs> Last week, you're like, they, they act like driving so hard. And you're like talking to a guy whose favorite films are about cars who like literally can't drive a vehicle. One, because he's not legally allowed to. Two, because well, he can't see. To be fair, you're treating yourself, your your mode of transportation well. You paid more for those $700 shoes than I paid for my car pretty much. All right. Perfect. Perfect. I have a, uh, a electronic Segway. I don't know if I've ever sent you a video of me cruising around on this. You thing. have not. I know that is the means of transportation. I do remember you mentioning that now. It's uh, very funny because I'm a very tall, big person. And um, part of my, the town I live in is very nice. And part of it's not so very nice. So to have this like really tall, weird looking white guy on this like electric dork rent-a-cop scooter like driving through the hood with his Gucci flip-flops and his Grateful Dead shirt on like like I got a jewel hanging out my mouth like you know going to a bodega to buy like you know the essentials candy bars nicotine my energy drinks Mm -hmm. um, you know uh, SpaghettiOs that I eat out of the can sometimes on the way back Um, it's very fucking goofy and and here's this fucking little sexy kid with a fucking torch like a fucking prick and uh him and kamala start bonding over their mutual love for bollywood movies now i kind of mentioned this to you before uh recording and i i have it in my notes have you ever seen a bollywood movie and you said yeah yeah i've seen two i've seen the bollywood or one of the bollywood remakes of old boy the there's multiple film. yeah i believe so i believe so uh and then i've seen one of the nightmare on elm street uh ripoffs not only have you seen <laughs> not only has travis seen yeah, one yeah. of the bollywood nightmare on elm street ripoffs i as a monster a- i uh i edited out the musical bits <laughs> You made your own Phantom Menace style fucking yeah. edit. I don't know why. I think I just wanted to see how hard it would be to edit video. Oh, it was an intellectual exercise. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, that's like the the Schneider cut that I've been working on for like two years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll get it eventually. Eventually, I'll get it eventually. I have. It's eight hours long, so it's. Yeah, and I fall asleep every time I start doing it, but mm. um. I do have a part where, uh, you know, the slow-mo Aquaman drinking scene where in the, the weed inversion, it's like some cool, like Jack White, like cock rock guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, yeah. And then the Schneider version is some like ill-advised, like Leonard Cohen cover, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I do indeed know that, yeah. yes. I have uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Lucky Man going off during it, and it makes me cackle laughing every time because it's just like this really slow prog rock song and the synthesizer going like i often like will just pull my roommate in the room and just be like dude you gotta watch this this is so fucking funny and he's like only you would think this is funny um i recently saw it's not bollywood it's from another indian um film industry i found out there's a couple i am a total I guess newbie what I, I know nothing. I'm completely na- naive to Bollywood film other than like, I know what it looks like. I know yeah. some of the tropes of it. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. I've seen some clips. I, I don't know all of the names. Like I, uh, uh, I know in the horror, which is like a, a RoboCop fucking ridiculous movie. Uh, I've seen clips of taking my pen out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they they produce more films a year than the American Hollywood system does too. Yeah, they uh they don't have to honor copyrights. Uh, another thing that's why they're able to make remakes of anything pretty much. That's interesting. I want to see the uh, the Bollywood remake of the Jackass forever. Um, <laughs> um, no, I recently saw one. Uh, it's not Bollywood, but it is an Indian film and it is a fucking blockbuster. If I've ever seen a blockbuster called RRR, which is currently on Netflix. And for the listeners at home, I highly recommend um, if it's screening at a theater near you, which it, it has been popping up recently for like limited runs and things. It is a magnificent theatrical experience. It is super highly rated. I guarantee your cinephile friend on social media has talked about it or commented on a thread about it. It is a really fucking crazy movie that has it all. It has men fighting tigers, tigers fighting tigers, historical biopic nonsense, Avengers Endgame level action sequences, Dragon Ball Z style people throwing fireballs at people, musical numbers. It is so nuts. Um, They're also listening to a song by a group called the sweatshop boys which features a young uh riz ahmed as a oh. member yeah I, right. I knew you said that some of his music was in here but i didn't realize that was the one that was the one riz ahmed from venom fame uh <laughs> <laughs> and the sound of metal uh an actor who i like quite a bit um he has that hbo show too fuck the night of with uh, the great John Turturro. Um, you know, I don't watch a lot of television, but um, it's not TV, it's HBO. Um, yeah, but... but <laughs> that's true, that's true. Apparently, you, uh, apparently before he was an actor, though, he was in this uh, this rap group. No, yeah. Uh, do you think... Well, Bruno chimes in that he's seen some of these movies, too, pretty much. Do you think he's learned a bit of Urdu and watched these Bollywood movies... In an effort to impress uh, Kamala, or I think Bruno's no, I I think Bruno's just chiming in to be jealous, and I I have. Well, he's seen the movie, so or presumably. I'm kind of 
so, I mean, you and I have both said, uh, we talked about it a lot during our Shang-Chi episodes, how we kind of admired that film for having a platonic uh, yes, yes. friendship between a man and a, and a woman, between a male and a female character, um, as opposed to the majority of films who, whenever you introduce, like, this is my fr- best friend, she's a lady, and it's like, but I'm actually in love with her, mm-hmm. like, and I was kind of bummed at all the bruno jealousy stuff throughout this because it was just kind of playing into the like god why do we have to make bruno the boyfriend here you know yeah, yeah. it is get tiresome uh yeah and like in the comics they don't really this isn't a thing that develops into anything granted the character so new that maybe it will at some point but and also like i guess put yourself in the shoes of like a teenager like mm-hmm you spend enough time with like a girl, like you'll feel something, whether you know what that <laughs> is or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You spend enough time proximity. with, yeah, just through proximity. It's like the person at work, who's not really hot. All of a sudden I see them so much, you know, like shit like that kind of thing. Like I, I know there's like that tendency. So maybe it's just that, but I was kind of bummed that it was like playing into a trope that I was like, are we over this in the MCU? Because we have, um, you I'll know, never be over. <laughs> I will never be over, unfortunately. To quote the great Dusty Rhodes, no. <laughs> Later on in the uh, in the evening, while texting and being completely smitten, the show continues to use the brilliant production design choice of using the elements of the show to um, for the environments to show their text messages, which I really dig. Um, Cameron's story here also like he is a character from the comics and it seems to be playing out very similar to that of the comic books where he was this family friend who moved back to Jersey City and mm-hmm. like Kamala he ended up being an inhuman and he returned home befriends Kamala Khan and gives her a ride from school, but then he takes her to meet an evil, inhuman businessman <laughs> gangster named Lineage, uh, who looks yeah, like it a does kind of match up there. Uh, for some reason, I forgot about Lineage being in the mix. I just remember Cameron kind of being a dickhead. Uh, I yeah. remember it working out a little differently, but it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Been a minute. Uh, you forgot about the. Uh, giant red lizard person who wears the business suit one of the coolest uh visual elements of those early series yeah he's in a lot of that uh charles whole error in human stuff yeah they, yeah that's true i mean we see elements of this in the show except it appears to be he appears rather to be working for spoiler their their great grandmother her literal lineage um <laughs> We'll get back to that a little bit yeah, later. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, the uh the dancing to to the Ronettes uh wonderful uh Be My Baby sequence um has some really great style and lighting. You know what I mean? This is kind of like their version of the uh I like my old time rock and roll from from Risky Business, but we get the uh purple, not pink lighting uh mm-hmm. choice here. Um Travis, I know you're you want to uh reiterate that it is purple light and not pink light emulating throughout this sequence. Oh, um, I think we we're about to ask me where I felt about the, the musical number here. I uh Oh. It's probably best don't ask that. No? You didn't get any <laughs> euphoria vibes you didn't want I to I edited the Bollywood 
uh, Nightmare on Elm Street to get rid of the musical numbers. You can guess how I probably felt about this. <laughs> you you pirated uh, um, uh, Miss Marvel episode two and and edited it out to be my baby sequence. <laughs> no. So uh, the next day, um, <clears throat> we're back at school and Carmela's powers start manifesting in unexpected and unpredictable ways, like. Any and all great, <laughs> any and all great teenage superhero stories. This works wonderfully as a parallel for puberty, mm-hmm. mainly um, menstruation or ejaculation or masturbation or or pimples. You know what I mean? Um, but well, we get you kind of <laughs> started with the most extreme examples there, and then ended. Why we, we can normalize? Yeah. We can normalize menstruation. Every it happens to everybody. My oh no, I was talking about the second one actually. <laughs> oh, the ejaculate. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, the two that make people most uncomfortable, probably. Well, that's what we do here on the show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I when one of the things about the power trains that I was disappointed with is that it would get rid of the awkwardness of it uh, a little bit, but they seem to be trying to do a little of that here with these. I mean, that's, we, we said kind of how Kamala Khan kind of feels like the Gen Z Peter Parker, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And Spider-Man is the, the big example of the, um you know, the power set being the parallel for puberty. And, you know, I use the word ejaculate, which is a ter- really fucking gross <laughs> word, but the, uh, the Raimi movies like just go full out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it comes out of his fucking skin and he can't control it at some points. It's very weird. It happens in his sleep when he's thinking about Kristen Dunst. Um. That's <laughs> uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, My uh, turtle um, laid an egg this week and it was weird. And I didn't know I, turtles laid eggs. I don't know how I, I thought they reproduced. I. Have been, uh, I thought maybe they just uh, a ninja rat just came like the story and <laughs> and blessed it. With, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. If my, they get my... past the angry Japanese man and the, the the shredder armor. He get to keep the, the turtle. No, my turtle has been laying eggs, and I haven't had to fight any ninja rats or or ninja shredders yet. Um, I have been kind of fascinated with how did that come out of you, and I've been like picking it up and like looking around and being like, "Where did it come from?" How big um, is that? Well, I don't know how big the turtle is. So turtles modest, modestly sized turtle. Um, the egg bigger than the hole where I, I thought it would come out of. So I. I've been taking it easy. I've been giving her a little extra food and a little bit extra attention this week because that had to fucking hurt. Um, can Muslims not use tampons? <laughs> I hate to sound culturally inappropriate, but is that like a thing? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I have my theories about it. Just uh, I don't know of any Christians that have that saying to hang up, but I could see an argument for it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Unpure. Unpure. I've seen <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> Nakia has this great fucking monologue here um, about well, putting on her scarf, dude. The did, uh, did you catch any of the controversy before the show came out in regards to her casting? I know you mentioned it. Yeah, people were upset 
they chose a half white uh, Christian actress. Oh, she's um, not a um, she's not Islam. No, nah, no, no, she's not Muslim. Her mom, I think, is Arabic, maybe. But okay. but either way, they kind of address it in the scene where uh, she talks about uh, she's not uh, white enough for some, and then uh, too ethnic or not ethnic enough or the opposite. Yeah. And it like gives this great kind of personal perspective for what it's like to be a young Muslim woman. Like she's got this good line about when I put this on, I feel like me, like I have some kind of purpose, something along those lines. Yeah, and I do think this may be a scene from the comics too. Uh, I, I do seem to recall Nikki explaining why she wears the hijab, I think. Uh, yes, yes. I've been calling it a scarf, which I probably shouldn't. Um, I have a head wrap in my notes. That is sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We call them babushkas in my uh, religion. Um, <laughs> um, also, like the scarf that she gives Kamala looks a lot like the like a similar pattern to the one that she wears on the cover of her debut issue. You know what I mean? I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I like the entire scene because it like it, it kind of ins- uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's like inspiring to Kamala to feel like herself. Also, when she puts on the bangles, like it's a part of her and not just some random piece of jewelry that gives her a shiny nose. Sometimes, you know, because <laughs> that's what happened. She got a little shiny nose while she was in school, and then Would she just. Like I'm having my period and uh, yeah. ran out, which just automatically get out of, get out of jail free card. Would you like me to complain about continuity here? I would love to. I always appreciate your uh, curmudgeon for any, any good thing. Yeah. Uh, sure. No, just the phrasing of her talking about running for the Moss board. It sounds like it's far in the past tense. Mm. Yeah. I do that a was... lot. Yeah, I yeah. do that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just a dummy and I say things backwards. <laughs> oh, did you just call Nikki a dummy? I, I... No, no. She's a beautiful young woman. Not really white enough for me. Not really brown enough uh, for me. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I hate the fucking guidance counselor character. Um, yeah, and I, co- I I loathe him even more because his name is like something Wilson. And I know it's a nod to G. Willow Wilson, the creator of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequence where he tells Bruno that we saw him applying for Caltech last week, Czechos Caltech. Uh, Bruno gets into Caltech, uh, but he's hesitant to leave his friends. And the guidance counselor calls himself. Uh, he's like, this is the part where you're the sassy young go-getter who gets a whatever. Yeah, he just describes the, the hero's journey pretty much. The, the call to adventure, see? Yes. Through... Uh, through Devil's Wears Prada, and instead of calling himself Gandalf or uh, or Obi Wan Kenobi, he calls himself um, Meryl Streep. Street? Yes. I thought that was whack, and I think uh, as we mentioned last week, I think uh, guidance counseling is a profession a that's a complete, for the complete most part. sham. I'm sure there's complete like maybe sham. five in the United States that are worth a fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it appears like if they give a fuck, they're still annoying. Like judging by <laughs> this character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the hello fellow kids character, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi, I would probably appreciate it a bit more, but yeah, 
They sh- cast Steve Buscemi as a guidance counselor. Maybe we'll start giving a fuck. You know I what mean, I mean? People want Keanu Reeves for the Silver Surfer for some reason, but my money is on Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> I want uh, Werner Herzog, as I've announced uh, previously. <laughs> I think he's got the uh, solemn, sad generation for sure. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God! Imagine the Silver Surfer movie has narration balloons, and they're just read by Werner <laughs> Herzog, and it's just like 16th century like chanting, and it's just like a silent uh, tone poem or something. He says something like real pretentious, and it's just Werner <laughs> Herzog narrating. <laughs> A documentary yeah. on the Silver Surfer. Really, the first live action Silver Surfer wasn't bad in that they had Ryan, our our good friend uh, Larry Fishburne playing yes. the voice. So yes, they did. Yeah, and Doug Jones being the body. I'm a fan of Dougie Jones and his uh his and weird his ass fishman. fucking body. Yes, his fisherman. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a great fisherman. He does. He does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Carmela Khan ditches Bruno and the training for a hot boy with a Porsche. <laughs> and then the hot boy lets her drive, uh, the Porsche. Um, Kamala's also rocking some aviators like her hero, Carol Man, uh, Carol Danvers. Um, sorry that slipped out there. I got to check my notes. Been on the wrong side of the internet too long today. I have been, yeah, I've been wallowing in, um, the Carol Manvers uh, fucking male tear fucking salt pool. That is uh, <laughs> a very small, but very vocal portion of the internet and uh, Facebook comment threads. Um, yeah. So they're at like some coffee shop or something and, and her and uh killer Cameron are, are going into this like deep conversation about their mutual interest in, in culture, which always feels nice. In my notes, I have Hart, Travis Hart next to that. I, I usually appreciate um, those kinds of conversations. Um, Kingo Nanjiani gets name dropped once or twice here. Um, what do you think of Kingo Nanjiani in this week's episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> I barely remember him. It's, no, he, he was fine. He's better this episode than, than last uh, time we saw him, I think. Uh, so I guess it wasn't as big of a scene. Uh, he didn't just do another elaborate con job that wasn't very convincing. He Not feels so out of place on that show, man. Yeah, yeah, in, in that first episode in Future, yeah. Uh, yeah, this week too, he kind of felt out of place. Outer, I almost called it outer place because the show takes place in outer space. He felt out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm talking about, we know he's a Bollywood actor, like a, a legacy actor at that, so I didn't mind this because I could have easily went through this without realizing that's the point they were talking about. Sure. Uh, I'm sure some people, yeah. Until you find out that her powers come from Eternals and we're all going to get really fucking Is that the hero of the show in the cameo? Whenever they go to Karachi and... <laughs> I mean, Kingo pops up on Disney Plus shows, or Camille, not Kingo. <laughs> we know it's not going to be uh, fan favorite Icarus because he flew a little too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be the actress who played. Um, God, that movie was so bad. I can't even remember their names. The main character, Gemma Chad, the oh, quote yeah. unquote main character, the one who made as little impression I don't as think possible. Jack was that bad? Is that the movie you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So uh, Camilla's brother and fiance show up, and um, I, I like super the way cool. they introduce them in the scene where they're trying to hide from you, and you just see like the silhouette, a blurry silhouette of of him, like piecing together that that's his sister in there. Yes, he's a, a much he he looks a little different than the comics, but the guy they've got playing him looks like a cartoon character. Uh, he's bit. awesome yeah he's very good i like him uh he's awesome and and i like his little jabs with the him just kind of being a dummy the whole mm-hmm. i remember you stuff and i like the fiance the actress playing the fiance who like is picking up what's actually going down and yeah yeah i think it's all very sweet do you think kamala picked up some bad karma with uh, her lying to her brother about this being her cousin so that he wouldn't trip on him her being out with a boy and is then that it ends up why, actually being her cousin. Well, yes, yeah, I thought it was her cousin. Our enemy of the podcast, Jason, mentioned it would be her uncle. Oh, maybe it would be. Yeah. But, I mean, Jason's a known liar. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've uh, known more on. He wouldn't know anything about any of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But check out his YouTube channel, Sinister Cinema Reviews. We do highly recommend it. Um, we give him shouts outs, but he never gives us shout outs. So if you're listening to it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. A comment on, on his YouTube channel that, that we sent you there too. Let's, let's, let's play at that game. Uh, later on that evening at dinner, we get a little bit more info on the family or, and, uh, the family heritage and history and why they moved to America, as our father puts it, so their children could be anything that they dream of. And we learn a little bit about the partition, something Travis and I were talking about before we started recording, about how we both don't feel as bad because we never learned about this in school. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, not, a, I don't remember a single mention of uh, how Pakistan split off from India or civil war or genocide or any of that when I was in school. I don't remember it from elementary, junior high, high school, community college, actual college, like any of these things. But apparently when India won its independence from Britain, Pakistan and India were created as separate nations with Pakistan primarily being the home for the Muslim population. And this all resulted in this enormous refugee crisis. uh, One of the largest in recorded human history, um, which inevitably led to a lot of violence and rape and resettlements and thousands and thousands and thousands of people quote unquote disappearing as many of the Muslims from uh, what had become the new India finding their home in Pakistan. And then the, the Hindis and, and the Sikhs um, them populating from Pakistan to India. And then to make it even worse, Pakistan had a civil war as Eastern Pakistan broke off and became what's now known as Bangladesh after like what I just mentioned, this uh, protracted civil war. And there was a Bangladesh genocide in 1971 recent uh, world history here that resulted in 30 or 300,000 to 3 million people. That's a huge gap being killed and approximately 200,000 to 400,000 Bengali women being raped in a systematic campaign that was endorsed by the Pakistani government. 
the end result is 3 million people dead. The largest genocide recorded since the Holocaust during World War II. Yeah, you would think that would warrant maybe a chapter or two. I just... Yeah, I like just the. I probably am, I'm glad that you hadn't heard of it either. Because, no. yeah, I felt awful for having not really uh, known all that. I mean, like, I encounter these things, um, you know, these, these incredible atrocities uh, in what I consider modern history, basically, from like the 1700s to present day this is very modern in my opinion being in the 1970s like the late 1900s my parents were alive at that time you know after um i watched uh apocalypse now you know which is based on um joseph camera um yeah joseph conrad's uh heart of darkness which uh, you know, they they moved Apocalypse Now to to Vietnam, which is going around going on at the same time as as this Bangladesh genocide, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But the original book, Heart of Darkness, took place um, during the. Uh, oh, my God, it was the Dutch, um, the Dutch settlements in Congo and, um, you know, the rubber trade and, and how, you know, Dutch. The you know it was like a new nation you know what yeah. I mean so they they were like we if we're gonna be a nation in Europe we need to have a colony so they went to the Congo and they were fucking harsh like they were cutting people's hands off like everyone in the hey. every single village that they encountered they would cut a couple people's hands off just to be like remember we're around you know what I mean um, and it was just like part of life and just knowing that these atrocities existed and like never having learned about them formally, it sounds, I mean, maybe they just don't want to bum children out, but like on the other hand, it sounds like something very fucking important that they should show us because like, God forbid people try and like overthrow a government by violent force or something, you know what I mean? In modern history. And we Mm -hmm. have to like learn about it, you know, uh, the stuff like still fucking happens. And in the context of the show during this partition, uh, Kamala's grandmother, um, you know, was was being relocated and nearly one of those people who were, quote unquote, lost until a trail of stars led her back to the safety of her father. Um, a trail of stars that I'm willing to wager was created by Kamala Khan's great grandmother, who also had the same or similar abilities but may not have always used those abilities as honorably as we see our dear Kamala using them. I think that is a good bet. A good bet. Uh, Especially with them being able to make platforms that shine in the night sky. Sounds like a trail of stars to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and when Kamala hears this story, her her bands are are activated and she passes out. Um, Did she see the face of her great-grandma or some woman's face? I thought it was here, but it's actually a little later. Uh, Yeah, so we start, like, seeing these visions. Like a silhouette, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like when she's passed out and... Her mom uh, says, like, the most mom thing ever. I think a mom of any culture would say this. They're like, have you eaten too much or have you eaten too little? Like, you know what yeah, I yeah. mean? Like, very mom thing. Um, 
And then Kamala sneaks into her room and FaceTimes with her grandmother. And um, I appreciated how the grandmother held the phone too close to her face. Mm -hmm. Because that's what FaceTime reminds me of whenever somebody does it. It reminds me of like a baby or an old person holding it up like right to their right to their nose. But even even the grandmother doesn't want to talk about her mother. Yeah, I all. thought that was a funny conversation where uh, Kamala asked him about the stuff she sent or whatnot. And, uh, about the Bengals specifically and her grandmother isn't too keen just like about which one she would want to talk about. Maybe yes. the fucking magic one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the magic one. Yeah. The one I that does that... the weird things. And then she, oh, I know. Yeah. The mango yeah, man he... is here. I've got to get off the phone. No, no, no. Mango man is here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the following day, her parents flex just how basic New Jersey they are by, uh, this is where expelling. you're souring on the series. Is that what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> they they extol their mutual love for Bon Jovi, calling him Captain Kid and the Prince. Um, and there's a disgusting line where they say, if it wasn't for Slippery When Wet, your father and I may not have gone together, which sounds disgusting. Um, as a person who spent a lot of time in New Jersey, I really do like the state. There's the prince, and then there's the boss, and there's a clear winner of who's the best here. Um, you know what I mean? Say what you will about Bruce Springsteen, at least he's an actual artist. You know what I mean? Um, he had a podcast with fucking Barack Obama, which I imagine is the closest thing to ASMR that a social justice libtard like myself. <laughs> It was very soothing to listen to, and I I am not a fan of uh of Mr. John Bon Jovi as I as I kind of went into last week. One time I took a shit in a rest stop and noticed all this weird Bon Jovi shit laying around, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And they're like, oh, "You're in the official Bon Jovi rest stop." I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm sure he's a nice guy, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, I don't like his music at all. I, I don't really like Bruce Springsteen games either, but. If I was forced to choose, it would be Springsteen every time. No shit. For sure. <laughs> it took me a long time to admit that I liked Bruce Springsteen, by the way. There was like I, a long period of time where I was like self-loathing. <laughs> like, you know, I would go into my room and listen to it and not tell anybody. <laughs> uh, and now I just accept that I'm a, I'm a fucking boomer at heart and I, and I like the boss. Um, but, uh, one I, I grew up with a, a summer house on the New Jersey shore as a stereotypical um Italian kid from Long Island does. Um and uh there was a moment where every single person in the town was gone and it was like a ghost town. And I was like, What is happening? And I like rode my bike down to the liquor store. I was like, Where the hell is everybody? And they're like, Oh, there's a Bon Jovi concert. <laughs> like, no one's here, everyone's at the Bon Jovi concert. I was like, That is the fucking weirdest thing um we're introduced to a uh an eid uh spelled e-i-d is pronounced eid uh which is a three-day festival that celebrates the end of ramadan ramadan being a period of uh, prayer and fasting so the eid is kind of a celebration where they get to eat and party afterwards um Again, kind of normalizing and demystifying Muslim culture. I think this is a really good part because like 
you've been to like church fairs and shit. Like everyone has seen these kind of clicks, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I, I really like, especially the part where they split up to promote um, Nikki kind of running for, for the mosque council and they go through like the mosque bros and, and mm-hmm. all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, not respecting the halal gap, the, uh, the, the touchy-feely guys. Yeah. The jaybreakers, I guess. <laughs> and then they showed the uh, the converts and it was a bunch of white guys and I was like, where are all the black guys who went to prison? You know what I mean? Oh. Um, I, I'm I sorry. I don't know if that's the same type of Islam. You don't think five percenters is the same type of Islam? No, no, I'm just saying that fucking I I've been to prison. All the Muslims in there were black. I didn't see any uh, Arabic Muslims in there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I assumed it was like a more of a black supremacist thing, which is fine. <laughs> it's prison. <laughs> I have a couple of friends who are five percenters. Uh, they're mm-hmm. pretty chill with me. I think all the stuff that they talk about sounds really cool. Like I, I listen to a lot of Wu Tang Clan. I like the <laughs> arm to the leg, arm arm to the head. I like the supreme mathematics. I think all that stuff is really neat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I like the RZA. You know, the oh, yeah. RZA. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a dog in that fight really. Either way, like I said, I think all religions are equally ridiculous. Yeah. And we're welcome to believe in any of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're also introduced to uh, the Chekhov's uh, villain, who's not really the villain, the Department of Damage Control here. Uh, oh, you don't they're... think he's the villain, huh? No, I don't think they're the villain. I think they're the new S.H.I.E.L.D., where S.H.I.E.L.D. showed up and they thought that they were the villain. And then they ended up being on their side the whole time. And mm. eventually, maybe they'll be like a secret, you know alien nazi guy living in a computer tummy uh <laughs> give us give us armazola in a tummy please um vin diesel once. would be perfect just once just yeah. once michael bay if you're gonna make another teenage mutant ninja turtles movie <laughs> um yeah the department of damage control and they're interrogating slash flattering zoe um much like they had with um with Ned in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, They also are interrogating her about her encounter with a quote-unquote enhanced individual. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting phrasing because enhanced is a word and a term that we have used in the MCU to define such uh, people with abilities before we had... Wanda. Uh, I think Age of Ultron was the first time I recall it being used... Yes, sir. The Age of Miracles, I believe, is what Baron von Strucker, the villain who they killed, uh, unmiraculously. <laughs> Prematurely, as they so often do. Yeah, I was really looking forward to a maniacal Nazi with a uh, monocle. A oh, well, was a, yeah, okay. No, I didn't know. Was it, yeah, we didn't even get the claw. They can bring him back with the magic claw powers. That would be, be cool. a uh, link to the Eternals. And- <laughs> <laughs> With a celestial based claw power. Yeah, they could do that. They could do that. Um, a claw is like a bangle. A claw is like a bangle. Yeah, we're in the magic jewelry, magic accessory (laughs) phase of the MCU. Uh, Magical uh, Versace sneakers. Yes. uh, Yeah. We're past uh, Chekhov's gemstones and we're on to magical bracelets and rings. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I... She doesn't give up shit, but then they they basically are like, there's a manhunt out in the tri-state areas. Check all these. I don't know why they say like religious places. They're like, check every church, temple, and 
oh, mosque. You know, I was like, what? That was fucking. Yeah, crazy. yeah. Then they say, just be respectful. The FBI is already monitoring the mosques, which is awful, but yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? It's you know too what I mean? woke, I tell you. No. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's one of the things that people are complaining on top of there being brown people in here. And women. Yeah, the fucking nerve of them. Yeah. They just got to keep slut shaming Zoe. That's that's that'll uh, get us back yeah. on their side. Didn't um, notice that the uh the one officer mentioned Latinx. Yeah, I kind of I don't sh- know enough about that topic. I, I don't know why I bring it up other than I know that it makes some people very angry and I don't know. I I just the way she said it too was like basically um you know was she Latino? Oh wait, what did the Gen Zers like you call them now? Latinx. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what a weird thing to say, you know. Um I am friends with a lot of Latinos and they do not like the term Latinx. That is what I've been picking up. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like the super young ones that actually use this term or if it's just a completely made up term on the internet and it was the whiteies all along trying to push this. Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the Zoe's <laughs> of the world. You know what I mean? The uh we have social media and we're like made of cornbread uh kind of <laughs> folks. <laughs> Like we watch Euphoria, but we don't actually do drugs. Um, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, back at the uh, back at the Eid, um, we are introduced to the Illuminantes. I didn't notice a Black Bolt or a uh, John Krasinski here. Uh, just a bunch of gossipy old uh, Pakistani woman. But mm-hmm. we do learn a little bit more about. Um, Kamala Khan's grandmother and how she had this dark past with included um, adultery, killing, and slut shaming. Um, yeah, they uh, they don't have a singular story, so I assume that that is going to be something the villain uses to uh, make yourself appear misrepresented by uh, misunderstood. I guess. I'm not time so will bad. Tell. Yeah, time will tell. I will get into my theory, but I think it's possible that the grandmother was killed and we're dealing with some sort of replicant version of her. Oh. You know what I mean? I don't, but you will explain. I will explain. I will explain. I will explain. Uh, So next week. I know what a replicant is. Yes, there's a replicant and there's replicants. Uh And we're going to be talking about the replicants, Um, not the Ryan Goslings. or the Anna de Armos is, which I could use a little bit more of. She's a spicy Latinx actress who uh, I saw. <laughs> um, I saw the stills <laughs> and the trailer for the new uh, Marilyn Monroe biopic Blonde that she's in, which is getting an NC-17 rating. Okay, I was confused. I knew the girl that was in Ozark was supposed to be doing a Madonna movie. Are there two? Is that what's going on? I didn't say Madonna. I said Marilyn Monroe. Did oh, I say Madonna? I miss. I conflated the two. Blonde hair, just, curly hair. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all look alike to me. No. Uh, I'll send you the pictures of uh, Anna de Armos later. She looks wonderful. I'm a huge fan. Um, I have a gift saved on my phone of her jumping around in like a Japanese schoolgirl attire in a green screen room from Blade Runner 2099 for the. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes it just brings me a quick jolt of energy in the midst of the <laughs> midst of the day. Uh, uh, have you seen uh, 
the new James Bond? I'm not. I uh, I am going to. I promise you. I promise. It's... Her scenes are a standout. She's in it. She. It's basically like an extended cameo where like Bond shows up in Cuba. She's the local person who he has to meet, and she's smoking hot, and she plays like really stupid. Like she's sitting there looking like super nervous the entire time, and like. Mm-hmm. You think she's like this dim-witted, like kind of hot bimboy character, and then all of a sudden the action happens, and she like pulls out two Uzis and does like John Wick, and it's it's fucking awesome. It's it's a standout sequence. Um, also briefly dated a uh, friend of the podcast, Ben Affleck, who um, I really like. Uh, no, nothing more to say about Ben Affleck. Just big fan. Um, might be in the flash movie if it ever actually happens uh, <laughs> um yeah so camilla khan gets her next superhero gig uh saving a really stupid kid yeah um, i was thinking of charles darwin here uh, a bit <laughs> it's uh and also a bit of uh antichrist uh oh my god Travis. <laughs> well when a kid is makes that much of an effort to dive out of a window i I kind of think they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Will he know your name when you see him in heaven, though? I didn't make it that far into the movie. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) As a reference to the song Eric Clapton wrote about. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, That was a really dark joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I I had forgotten the song. I remember now and the circumstances of it. Yes. Um, Yeah, never leave your baby next to a window. Yeah. Bad idea. Never put ice cream on pizza. Sounds like a bad idea. Um, do I you do. Think they were supposed to become a meme because they made their own memes of it in the episode. They did make their own memes of it in the episode. That and Nightshade are. I don't know if Marvel wants them to be memes or not, but. Mm-hmm. They, as she's doing her rescuing, everyone's taking pictures and we're getting flashes of the social media posts and they're being intercut with memes of nightshade and ice cream pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this sequence. One, she does the superhero landing when she thinks she's nailed it, which I thought was funny. But also how timid she is to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, how did you feel about the costume change? And... <laughs> <laughs> happened pretty quick yeah yeah just uh a full costume change it wasn't just like the jacket and the, the helmet that i maybe, maybe there was a phone booth nearby i'm nitpicking yes yes maybe, maybe if she was, was a polymorph she could have uh just transformed like mystique almost and mm. maybe like her powers would have allowed would be, her to do that would be cool um, this is, we, we kind of talked about it before, but as she's using her power, she's getting like a silhouetted glimpse of like a shadowy woman and you hear like mm-hmm. a train noise. So we're to assume that this is her great grandmother because we're yeah, they train. actually do show her in this part. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we get our first glimpse. She has different jewelry on than when we see her later, but yeah. All right. Yeah. I assume it's her grandmother. It may not be. Great grandmother, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great grandmother, my friend. Um, yeah, and then she. Yeah, I was just being an old lady. I don't know. She yeah. looks pretty good for an old lady. Um, yeah, after kind of flubbing the final execution, this child might have broken his leg. But I mean, you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> he, he landed gently on a car. 
After yes. like ping ponging off of a few uh, Super Mario platforms, it's yes, yeah, it's fine. That may or may not actually have any mass. We still don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, she dips pretty fucking quick and then she's encountered by what looked like a green goblin glider drone. Uh, it's the short drones. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same one Sinsterio was using, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Interesting. Uh, some damage control got a hold of a few of them. Or maybe. Well, we saw them confiscate, um, the Stark facility in Spider-Man. Yes, you're from correct. Home. You're correct. So this is maybe what they're using them for. Hmm. Maybe Dr. Morbius an evil cockatiel has came across a few himself, and they just happen to be here at the same time as the police. Possibly, possibly. No, not the police, the Department of Damage Control. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yep, and uh, yeah, she jumps over one of their trucks, and then Cameron pulls up in his Porsche and drives away, and they're like, where did she go? It's like, did, did, did none of the 50 people here see that car a stop? very distinct distinct car yeah yes a very very distinct car for people that know anything about cars not police yes uh, or damage control people yes yeah there's cameras everywhere it's fucking jersey city you know what i mean it's gonna be pretty easy to track unless it's a supercar who the fuck knows it's Uh, special lighting and shit on it too that's what i mean (laughs) at one point in time when um when i was driving illegally i put a uh like a I bought it on on like eBay or Craigslist or something like that. I got like a kind of like film that I would put over my license plate so you could see it, even though the car like wasn't registered or insured out where I got the plates from. Um, but it was so like when I drove through a light because we have a lot of uh, red light cameras yeah, and yeah. shit around us. And, yeah, and a lot of, run one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it, it would like, it was filled with like an oily soapy liquid substance, like in between. So whenever flash, a flash (laughs) would go off, it would just like look like a rainbow. So I like would kind of like avoid traffic stops and things like that all the time. Um, So I wouldn't get in too much trouble before inevitably like a police officer was like, sir, (laughs) please. I was like, Oh boy. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm walking home. I got it. Um, Yeah. So she's rescued by Cameron. Damage control miraculously doesn't know how she got away, even though the car stopped right there. Um, and we find out that her great grandmother is in tow, and he says, "Let me introduce you to my mom." Yes. Which I guess would make her second cousins, or his- uh, yeah, I, I don't know the the logistics of that. I. I know my immediate family. I don't really have close relationships with extended ones, so I don't know the the rules with all that. Except you don't fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I know my immediate family, and then I'm married to my. my yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So great, great grandmother. Let's see, grandmother, mother, and then um, Camilla. I'm drawing like a tree right now. <laughs> and here's Cameron. So he would be like this, like his grandmother's, her grandmother's brother. So he would be her great uncle. Okay. Yeah. 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 That checks out. Right. My math checks out. <laughs> 
So uh, the great grandmother here is played by a legendary uh, Pakistani actress whose name I didn't write down. Travis, do you think that um, does the evil great grandmother want the bangles? Uh, you would think if she had powers of many kinds, she could have taken them before now. However, I may be overthinking that. What if she only had powers when she had the bangles on? Like the bangles work like the Terrigen Mist activating your inner power, but well, with them you will lose it. Yeah, the owner of the bangles before Kamala Khan was a 90-year-old woman. Yes. She doesn't need powers necessarily to go jack that lady of her bangles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unless unless that woman lived in Pakistan and she lived in like... Just can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, can't afford it. Porsche or whatnot, but yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, do you think that camera? No yes, absolutely. Well, obviously, it's uh, after nine eleven. Um, do you think Cameron, her uh, great uncle, was assigned um, to get close to Kamala? Absolutely. Do you think he has powers? Uh, probably uh, of some kind. It'll be okay. a very boring super fight if Kamala is the only one with big heavy hands. This is true. <laughs> uh, in the comics, his powers were like Iceman, right? He had like spiky blue I face. I literally have no idea. I, <laughs> I, I, I know he had powers, but I don't recall what they were at all. I think he glowed. Yeah, I think he was. I know he was like blue and icy looking. So I don't know if he was like Iceman or Emma Frost. I, I can't remember. <laughs> Um, in the comics, though, he was working for a um, a red um, lizard man who wore a business suit, an inhuman by the name of Lineage, with the ability to access the knowledge of his ancestors. Um, would tie in well with the show's themes of carrying the memories of your culture and your ancestral trauma, uh, much like the partition. Um I think that maybe she's like a Kree soldier, like we saw in um, Captain Marvel, you know, when the Bengals are what activate their their powers. You know what I mean? Because we know like Krees get down with genetic experimentation, you know, uh, yes. so that tracks and it would connect Kamala to Captain Marvel and the upcoming Marvel's film that we know she's going to be in. Um, we've also seen bangles in the comic books. Last week, we spoke about the quantum bands worn by the amazing hero Quasar. Uh, there's also a thing called the Negabands, which are a Kree relic that were worn by Captain Marvel that allowed him to traverse the negative zone. With that in mind, I think maybe like that's what Kamala is seeing in her visions. Like that kind of glowy space might be something similar to the negative zone. Like we see ant-man kind of traversing the quantum zone right yeah okay so here's my big theory right the kree genetically engineered soldiers to live on earth in the comics they called these things inhumans who knows what they're going to call them in this but <laughs> they did something similar right yeah. we're not calling them inhumans the, the step one the kree genetically engineered these soldiers to live on earth step two they gave them some sort of bands uh, that harness their inner powers based on this genetic tampering, you know? Um, Kamala's great-grandmother either 
turned on was one of these, by the way, and she either turned on or abandoned the Kree's mission to fall in love and have a family. Then the Kree came looking for her, so she disappeared. So far, I'm explaining the plot of Captain Marvel with uh, Annette Benning's character, right? But but this all checks out. Um, so in theory, I think that this lady either is the great-great-grandmother or is some sort of Kree villain who killed her and is capable of retaining all the knowledge of her lineage. And this is the Captain Marvel version of lineage. The Miss Marvel version of lineage. I I think that would make a good deal of sense as far as that would be a good adaptation of that character. Uh, and I don't imagine they'll be attacking him in any other way. No, and it, <laughs> it also... It, it would it, make sense with the, the lore and the... Themes yeah, of the yeah. show. That and you could do a thing where she wants to go off and have her own have a different family or pursue things that her culture wouldn't have approved of at the time. And that'll tie into Kamala Khan. Oh, and whether she's going to stay true to her roots or pursue a more Americanized uh, way of life, I guess. Uh, and it also not only ties this all to the Cree mm-hmm. Kamala Khan's hero, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and the upcoming events of the film, The Marvels, where we know she will be appearing. Um, but it also will allow certain subsects of the fandom who were complaining about the power set to kind of chill out a little bit. <laughs> Talking about you. Talking about you. Uh, because it, it kind of is, it's not in humans, but it's like, it's not so it's almost, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we did it for a reason. They're we, in inhumans. It's, it. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're still tampered genetic Cree yeah, yeah. monster Neanderthal <laughs> things that were, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just not stretchy, and, and you have to wear 10 rings. And we know that Carol was talking, like she saw something in the tan, 10 rings thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe that power source they're going to be looking for, and it has some, you know what I mean? Like it's. Mm-hmm. It's the big, these are the, the, the sparkly jewelry relics left on earth is the big fucking bullshit of this phase, you know? Yeah. 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 At least so far. At least so far. Yeah. That and the multiverse and the the thunderbolts. And there's a lot of balls up in the air to juggle, but still. As far as like the McGovern. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. been the main thing. Uh, Do you think we'll get uh, Carol Danvers in an actual episode or just like the end? post-credit scene or something like that or maybe not even her maybe just monica rambo or, or something along those lines i think we're more than likely going to get monica rambo but i mean brie larson people love to shit on brie larson she seems pretty cool and pretty game you know what i mean She's yeah like- yeah yeah i don't i i can understand not liking captain marvel's movie or having issues with the character i don't think the people that made all the videos about brie larson are Sad, sad, sort of. Yes. <laughs> Just endless videos about the most minor things, misreading or reading too much into shit. Huh? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and like, yeah. What the fuck? She's a pretty lady. Like her. Yeah. <laughs> you Neanderthals? <laughs> hmm? It's fucking so stupid. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I would like to see Brie Larson. I like Brie Larson. I would like I to do, see Brie Larson. Uh, I think it'd be... 
I uh, hope we do get to see her in this because it's her hero, and I hope that uh, Carol Danvers does not become a fashion. Um, yes. Future cop. Same. Uh, yes. <laughs> same, 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 same. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about the episode before giving her final thoughts on Miss Marvel episode two? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Tell us how you really feel. Let's read this. Well, we here at MCU Beyond Affinity Podcast rate all of our episodes from one to six Infinity Stones or maybe Infinity Bangles. We're not really sure yet. <laughs> we should be doing it out of 10 rings, but let's do it from one to six Infinity Stones. Let's stick with it. One Infinity Stone being the worst, six Infinity Stones being the best. We do accept half Infinity Stones. Last week, I gave this the highest score I've ever given anything. Mm-hmm. Travis. Miss Marvel, episode two, crushing. What say you? One out of six. One out of six. Okay. Uh, hmm. I'm going to hmm. give it pretty much the same thing as last week. Do you recall what that was? 4.5. I, I was just checking to see if you remembered. I remembered. I remember. I, I always remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah four and a half. Uh, it's fine. Uh, that's just my personal enjoyment of it. It's, it's perfectly acceptable. Uh, are there like little nitpicks? Yes. Do I think this show is exactly what it should be? Yeah, kinda. That's yeah. This is, the show wasn't made for me <laughs> or for you necessarily. We can enjoy it uh, somewhat just because this type of fiction uh, appeals to me. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I want more people to like comic books and stupid shit like this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Miss Marvel as a character was a great entry point for mm-hmm. a lot of new readers to jump into comics. Yeah, I, you know, that I watch reaction videos, and one thing I've enjoyed about this show is that whenever I go on YouTube, watching, looking for reaction videos, I've seen a lot more uh, Muslim reaction videos. This wow. Week. Yeah, yeah, and. Not with uh, girls and people who have read the comics at this point or actually had read them. So they weren't just checking that six printings or whatever into the dumpster and just lying <laughs> about the numbers. It's, yeah. It's not how many books that the stores were forced to buy from Disney. Yeah, it's, it's about how many were actually taken out by you know, the actual readers, um, which is something that people, I was reading uh, comments on, on the, the Marvel uh, Facebook page, Travis. Before yeah, yeah, started. yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. People are convinced that Disney is forcing uh, local comic book stores to buy more of specific books um, just so that they can get their numbers up. I can tell you from somebody who has sat in a room while people order comic books for a local comic <laughs> book store that that is not true. <laughs> And I could tell you as somebody well, who frequents a local comic book store that people actually came in who I had never seen asking for that book and mm-hmm. are still in that store buying comic books to this day. That's very nice. Very nice. Uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one of the things that's very easy to fact check. Anyone that has a local comic book shop. Yeah, like simply go in and ask them and they will tell you the truth. Did you they know? make you order the woke books? <laughs> yeah. 
How many Hulkling and Wiccans did you have to throw away this month? Yeah, I need an exact count. I need an exact count or I'm not going to be satisfied. I saw Um, the dumpster. I might jump in there for a bit. I mean, the Carol Corps was fucking real when Kelly Sue DeConnick started her run on Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and, and Carol Danvers got the promotion from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel. The Carol Corps was in full force and you would see young women on Wednesdays who had never seen before dressed as <laughs> Carol Danvers buying oh. a comic book and then asking around about other comic books that they should be buying. And there was a lot of good shit coming around that time that they got into. And they're still in local comic book stores to this day, buying those books. Like um, saga came out around like that same time. And I saw those people picking up saga and um, Mark Wade and Fiona Staples and like Archie had done the rebuild and like, yeah, like fucking neckbeard comic book fans who have made it this far into the show. Those are kind of like basic books, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like they got people there and they were yeah, quality yeah. books that got people fucking there. And now, you know, maybe those people are picking up fucking, I don't know, like <laughs> justice league odyssey. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Um, but this show has captured the spirit of the character. Mm-hmm. It has captured the tone of the character. It is giving us a young superhero in vain of Peter Parker that really hasn't been translated to screen as well since maybe the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Is the show tonally in line with something that... I don't know, 35-year-olds like Travis and I would normally be watching? No. But is the quality of it diminished because it's not? Absolutely fucking not. The show is so fucking well-made. The show is so well-paced. The characters are so well-developed. It's doing a really good job at demystifying Mm -hmm. a culture that a lot of people um, have negative connotations about. And it's also introducing um, her cultural heritage and ancestry in a way that makes it important to the character. It's not just, you know, you made the character gay just to make a character gay, or you made a character Muslim just to have a Muslim character or a girl character or black or whatever. Like, no, this is very poignant and purposeful to this story, to her development. And it is done very tastefully, very respectfully and it is entertaining on top of all of that. Um, with that in mind, I'm reviewing the show a little bit um, more, like less subjectively rather <laughs> than I than I would yeah, something. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look at I, it as like an outsider. Just been doing mine purely on personal because you're basing it more on what the target audience would hold. Uh, and, and and like with like a critical eye, like what are they trying to execute yeah, and yeah. how are they fucking doing it? And, you know, I'm going to I like this episode more than last week because we kind of got the table setting out of the way. Yeah, I like a lot of the lore, uh, the setting up the things for down the road. Uh, yeah. And I think, again, like she's not inhuman here, mm-hmm. but the idea of taking her power set and making it ingrained in her family ancestry and family lineage and then having how much of that lineage 
um, is to define who she is as a person and as a, a Muslim American. Um, it's just done so fucking well. Like I'm, I give it. Do you remember what I gave it last week? I do. I do. I don't know. I I didn't give it a perfect oh. score. I gave it a five point five. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue yeah. to give it a five point five out of six. Uh, Infinity Stones. Unless they give you Lockjaw, I would imagine. If they give me Lockjaw or a giant parakeet by the name of Thomas Edison, mm. or maybe even uh, this lady pulls her face off and she's a uh, reptilian uh, red. Uh, you know, businessman. Uh, <laughs> I, I might give it. I might give it a perfect six out of six Infinity Stones. But until that time, I'm looking at this um, from a little bit outside, looking in, and with a little bit more of a critical eye. And I think the show is fucking knocking it out of the park and and really nailing it on all aspects of that. With that being said, Travis, do you? We should just call the new segment. What's Ezra Miller up to this week? <laughs> He's on the run, uh, which is great. Uh, it's method acting since he's playing the Flash. You gotta uh, stay light on his feet. <laughs> Let's talk about the news. Uh. Obviously, because it's it's fucking twenty twenty two. Ezra Miller is back in the news. Um, one, we didn't really talk about this, but story details, like an outline of the plot and everything oh. that happens apparently from, I don't know if it's test screenings or a script have surfaced and leaked on the internet for the flash film. And you can read them if you're really interested. Again, I don't believe this film has actually been made, so I don't know. I'm not going to confirm whether they were from a this test. Is some reading. random fan fiction that someone found. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just doodling. Ezra Miller's do. Oh, Grant Gustin's doodling in his notebook. Good lord. Grant Gustin's showing cartoons of Michael Keaton. Yeah, they've said that Ezra Miller is out as the Flash in the future, so that leaves Jason Momoa, uh, Gal Gadot, and. Mm-hmm. Who else out of the original? Um, I think it's pretty much it out of the Justice League cast, right? Yeah, Ray Fisher is gone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not bringing him back. I don't. Uh, oh, oh, J.K. Simmons is going to be reprising his role as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah. Is he joining the team proper then? Or? <laughs> well, he's in the Flash movie, though. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Which good. Which might not actually happen. Uh, I hope it gets. I know it'll have to be released. There's no way they're going to keep it on ice forever unless they didn't make it <laughs> michael keaton was on set he surely had to film something uh, <laughs> uh, um ezra miller's also apparently wanted in like four states right now and there's like multiple restraining orders out against him too yeah yeah i uh they should probably get that taken care of uh yeah, he should probably just turn himself in and, you know, he's a fucking millionaire. Just throw some money at the, the table. The laws don't apply to... Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. OJ got out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the only thing you can't get out of is paying your taxes or just Wesley yeah. Snipes. That's... Yeah, learn from Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And even he was in Expendables 3, you know? Oh, yeah. Once he got out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I uh, hope Mahershala Ali doesn't run into any tax issues because I really like that guy and I want to see him continuing to do some work. Uh, the other big surprising news was a Wonder Man series in the works from uh, Daniel Cretton, who did Shang-Chi. I'm excited about this. I have gone on at length on this podcast and Android's amazing podcast and pretty much every single podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> uh, and anyone who's ever encountered me about how much I adore the West Coast Avengers and Wonder Man is a character that I really adore. How do you feel about there being a Wonder Man show, Travis? I am surprised. I uh, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other. It, it could be fine. It could be fine. Uh it's supposed to be a kind of meta look at the Hollywood machine and how, and how these movies and television series are made. And we know that, like, from the Birdmans of the world. Well, I was Hollywood going to say, there's nothing Hollywood there. loves more than making movies about making movies. It's <laughs> They love them. Have you watched The Offer, the, the movie about how Paramount made uh, The Godfather that's exclusive to the Paramount Network? <laughs> I am not. I'm not. I didn't realize that was a thing. But yeah, yeah Miles Teller's in. It. I think he plays Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> uh, the not even news. I think that's more or less it. Unless you have something I'm forgetting. Uh, Paul Walker is to receive a post-humorous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's about time. Um, Graham Morrison came out in an interview this week, apparently uh, sharing his pitches for both the Doctor Strange and a Moon Knight series from the early aughts, uh, way before the MCU, and they sound fucking awesome. That's all the other (laughs) news I have. Uh, uh, This is unrelated to anything newsworthy, but did you uh, see any of the controversy around the new What If Miles Morales was uh, Thor? I haven't. I haven't. Not. I haven't read it. No. Oh, yeah. I guess people are upset because Asgard turns into a ghetto and. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Dragon uh, Miles has a line about by Odin's fade. And it's uh, wow. not wow. great. And he says hammer time at some point. which is That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's cool for us, 37-year-old white dudes. I don't know that... Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess the uh, the writer's doubling down on it. It's uh, Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Don't back down to the, <laughs> the social justice Nazis. Uh, does it turn into a ghetto, or does it just look like a city? There's, a gr- just- there's graffiti on Asgardian buildings. I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know if there's any... I don't know if the criticism is worthy. Uh, There's a difference between there being Section 8 housing and there and and projects and then there being like a crime ridden yeah, development yeah, and then there being the like a change between no graffiti Asgard and graffiti Asgard is Miles Morales being Thor. I uh <laughs> I don't know. I I don't have a dog in that fight. It's other than I'm sure that he wasn't trying to be racist, but came off as pretty racist. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Uh, yeah, that's uh, maybe uh, say sorry and <laughs> and move on. Better. Yeah, yeah, maybe say sorry and I don't try and find another job. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, no, I just it, uh, it cracked me up when I I, I saw it because. I can see why people were upset a little bit, but 
Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really excited again to be continuing our our journey with Camilla Khan as uh, Miss Marvel continues. Next week we will have episode three. We will be here to recap everything in great detail and even some things that you didn't care about in great detail maybe uh another battleship or or tetris the the movie theories um (laughs) please remember to rate review subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on if you would like to join in on the conversation you can find us at the mcu beyond infinity podcast facebook group a wonderful place that kira travis and i started and take a lot of pride in what great discussion we have over there it's actually relatively civil discourse for a site where we mostly only talk about pop culture surprise (laughs) surprise surprise you can also email us at mcu beyond infinity podcast at gmail.com and until next week, by Odin's fade, I am John. I'm Travis. <laughs> and it is hammer time. Bye.